the fifth installment of Ryan Tyler's and Bears Oh My. Yeah. We're here with our uh, friend Josh from the band Empire Justice. And this is probably one of the episodes we're going to drift off from music a lot. I think there's going to be just a lot of We've already had like a full episode not yeah. recorded. There's going to be some stupid shit we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about some political shit. And uh, we're actually coming into a conversation uh, about parents in the hardcore scene. So... What were, what, what were your words on this, Josh? Oh, so I'll just give you some background. So my name is Josh. I'm in Empire Justice. Um, oh, wait, uh, shit. This is... Is it recorded? Oh, it is. Sorry. Okay. So anyway, uh, I'm Josh again. So um, <laughs> I just recently, um, me and my, our foster parents, so I recently, um, you know, have been starting to take care of a, uh, a kid who's turning two years old this week. And um, we were just talking about kind of the expectations in America about having children and, and what you can can or can't do afterwards. And I feel like one of the things I was actually talking about or I was going to say is that I've been a hardcore, someone who grew up in, in the hardcore scene pretty much almost my entire teenage years to adult life. Um, I've noticed this like trend of like, you know, people in the scene, like either getting married or having kids and just becoming like normal, yeah. boring adults. And it's always really yeah. bummed me out. Well, I mean that that was minus the kids. That was me for four years when I got when I got married from two thousand nine to middle of two thousand fourteen. And that's no lie. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I I became the fucking most boring motherfucker ever. I stopped going to yeah. shows, and it wasn't like it wasn't even like a thing. It's like, it's like well, I can't do it anymore because I'm I'm married. It was. It was weird. That honestly, that was such a shitty. Besides fucking... group get-togethers, I hung out with you one time solo in four years. Uh, I'm not totally sure about that. <laughs> it's, it's uh, yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know why that is because I I definitely didn't mean to, but I wonder if that's like the subconscious of like also people getting married and doing it too. Yeah, I think. Well, there's a. I don't know. I don't know what it is because there's definitely people I know who. Like, I won't see people at hardcore shows for, like, a while, and then I'll see them, like, with, like, you know, like, kids and families, and, like, that's fine. Like, you know, well, I don't think... How long sh- have you been married? So, I've been married for two years. I should probably know this, like, by heart, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, like, two years, but we also been together for, like, five, so... Do you, like, do you feel like you got more domesticated, as in, like, a couple, or for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's actually hilarious. So, like, I, I spent most of my time um, in the Northwest living in Olympia. And I used to live in this, like, house that was, like, a total punk house called the Wiener Shack. I'm not making that shit up. That's not... I mean, no, that's, I, I've been to that's, Olympia. That's, that's, that's <laughs> what the place was called. It was also, I've been to Olympia. I've been to punk houses. And it was yeah. called that before I moved in. So, like, it was one of those things where, like, I named it that. It was, like, I would, like, literally yeah. tell people, I, like, where do you live? I live at the Wiener Shack. And they'd be like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was like a cool, weird thing, bro. and it was like a place with like at, t- at one time I think we had like twelve or thirteen people living there. It was like a huge house, right? That it smelled great. Oh, oh, it was disgusting. It was a dive. So take that from there to like now I live in kind of like a nice, like nice, 
you know, decently nice condo in, in Seattle. Yeah. It's been a fucking world shift <laughs> yeah. of domestication to like friends who, yeah, yeah. who, who like know me back then to knowing me now. Honey, I'm home. But so I mean, like even you, you I mean, like you domesticated a little. Yeah. But, I'm not, but you are determined to keep going to shows, yeah. being in bands. Being, and I yeah. think I think that's being life. Though activism. you can't. We have these words like domesticated. Part of it's just getting older and moving on with life. Yeah. But I know for like a fact, yeah, we've changed a lot from being oh, kids yeah. and everything. I'm always going to be a weird motherfucker. And like kids or not or anything or house, you know, it doesn't really change. Uh, but I've seen the same thing in yeah. punk, hardcore, whatever. I think it also is like really, to me, I was thinking to myself, it's, it's not so much, I think sometimes there's these like outward symbols of rebellion. And oftentimes like, like I don't think necessarily living in a punk house itself is like rebellion or like making like this really like hard political statement just while like just like saying like yeah. not bathing or being super crusty is making that in itself is making a political statement it's usually like things beyond that yeah so i've never wanted to like live in a punk house my entire life that was yeah. not my yeah and was, the punk houses i've been to i've never wanted to live with them and like and like i can live like i've wanted to live in a tiny house i've wanted to be a minimalist like having Having less is great for me. Yeah. Have being crowded, absolutely not. And um, I'm sure we've all had the experience of when you're because we've all been to punk houses. Some of us have lived in them. When you've been at the punk house past the people's time there, when you're like, okay, this is a punk house, and like, you're yeah, one of us is way too old to be in here right now. Yeah. You know. Also, and trying to the, like, the Northwest with cheap punks is the worst place to have a house because. You guys never pay for heating. Everything gets damp and gross. Oh, there's mold oh, it's, everywhere. It's so gross. I've gone in there and just breathed through my mouth the whole time. You it's know, just, and you're just kind of like, oh. Oh, there's God. like places that are just really bad. I mean, like, that place always reeked of beer. There's other people's houses I've had who had, like, just way too many fucking pets living in their oh, place. Yeah. And they just never cleaned it. So, like, I used to have, like, I have, like, mild pet allergies. Yeah. Like, 90% of people with pets, I have a cat. Like, it's not an issue. But if you're in a house that's, like, with way too many animals. And you and never, never vacuum it. You never clean I'm, it. Yeah. You, I'm yeah. fucking dying yeah. inside. Yeah, I highly doubt you probably, you guys probably had, like, four hand-me-down vacuums that barely work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, no one that ever cleaned. So, like, so for me, it was like, okay, I don't want to, like... For me, I'm, I'm going to be politically active. That's going to be my statement, not necessarily <laughs> living in a punk house. And so it's kind of that weird thing of, like, I think growing older and changing is important. Mm-hmm. But then you got to think of, like, what, what what do I keep and what do I discard? Like, yeah. what's actually important and what's not? And so ideals like, must be kept. And I think that's the key to it. You know, a yeah. lot of times counterculture, it's I just drop everything and now I'm normal. And what happened to have tattoos? <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, as long as you don't change your ideas, I don't care if you take your kid to soccer. But if you're still the same person, you believe the same stuff, yeah. you're still active. That's what matters. Yeah. You're not selling out by that, but selling out is just becoming, yeah, you know, the archetype. I actually, yeah, uh, I've, I've, uh, I've a couple friends, and they're, they play in a, a folk band together, the wife and, and him, yeah. and they have three, they have three kids, and his other band was kind of taking a little hiatus. They went on like a living room tour together for their folk band, all three kids with, and they've done this like four summers in a row now. And I'm just like, God, that is fucking badass. I can't imagine it. I don't. Yeah. I don't like that. Sounds, <laughs> I know I can barely be in a van for a week with my best friend, let alone you know my other, my spouse and three yeah. kids. Vans vans yeah. turn friends into enemies yeah. really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a thing too because we were talking about you and the Empire of Justice. We want to tour, and I, we actually have plans to play um, the West Coast this fall, um, but the. 
yeah, like even like super like almost more than like a week or two. That's like when yeah. you start to fucking hate people, and it's it's not a good thing. So I'm always most people like if you, if unless you really have to, I I think it's kind of nice to keep your tours like a little bit short. Yeah, and then come back. Um, I mean, but there but there's sometimes where you're just traveling so far that it doesn't make sense, and you just have to, yeah. to push through it. What's the longest tour you would you would commit to in 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 Josh now? Day well, and age I and have. Mindset. It depends because like I have summers off as a teacher, so like I could do. It would depend on like if we still had like a foster kid staying with us at the time, um, or not. So I would love to go for um, like a month or two, but I I don't think that would work feasibly with like with anyone in my band because yeah. I think as my band, I give our justice is like a working class band. The fact that we all like almost almost all the bands that we're friends with, like especially. And like um, RC, we all have like day jobs, right? Yeah, like, yeah. No, there's like no one that can really just like put everything on hold and do it. And obviously, the music we play isn't lucrative, no, so it's yeah, not no. like it's not like we're like planning to go and like make money. I'm like probably one of the few people who like I get paid. You know, are the way it works to teach our checks are prorated, so I get paid yeah, yeah. over the summer still. Yeah. Um, but like for most people, it's like when you when you go on tour, obviously you. It's not so much that you don't make money on tour; it's the fact that you're not making money at work. And that, after yeah, yeah, song. correct, yeah. And that's and that's what really fucking kills people. Yeah. So, um, like, I mean, I can't see doing much like much than that. But also, like, I kind of always think to myself too. It's it's almost. Um, I can't imagine ever being a man that tours forever because I feel like if you just play a million shows, every show becomes like less and less special. Yeah, and I, I think we're also, we're also I think maybe now me being an adult it seems so much easier now like like if we wanted to play like southern california yeah me and tyler could probably we probably know a band down there we can use the back line we can fly down to yeah. southern california and do three good shows in a long weekend yeah that's rather, what we're than, doing. rather than spend the entire you know week doing shows to get down there with tyler driving the entire way <laughs> because certain band members claim that they drive for five minutes and oh, i'm getting really sleepy it's really dangerous yeah i have like sleep apnea behind the wheel yeah he does this every time it's a metal and he goes he goes dude I sh- you gotta take over man all of a sudden he yeah. turns into like super faker and just goes i just gotta lay down dude we're not being safe so then i end up driving for 20 fucking hours <laughs> so <laughs> dude in my defense i did drive from la to oakland that's good. Yeah. That's a good distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did some pretty long drives on the yeah. West Coast too. I mean, I, also, I don't drink, so like that's also something that's usually helpful. Like, yeah. So with with people, um, especially like rash folks and stuff like that. Um, but the, yeah, I, I don't know. Like the, I think the idea of like fly down. It's also because I think we get to our age too. Sometimes it's not even so much the money; it's like the time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So sometimes it's like I can afford a plane ticket down there, but I don't have the time. To travel exactly. all the way down there and back. I mean, obviously, I could fucking fly all over the country to do shows yeah. every other weekend or something. But yeah. you know, like it's like it's well, I can I can afford to do this it, a couple times than, a year. Yeah, and we're yeah. lucky in public employment that we kind of, you know, as public labor workers, you know, we yeah. can do stuff, stack overtime as comp mm-hmm. time, vacation, do all that kind of stuff. Where everyone else we deal with, it's like, no, here's your vacation per year, and that's it. Yeah, you know, we kind of can do it as we want. Yeah, we yeah. get. Yeah, we so, get hooked up on that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so and, and yeah, and that's also like I mean, um, we can also talk about that's also the important. We're all unionized workers too. Yeah, which is also something that's like really important because I mean it does give us like the ability to do some things that like 
I mean, some of our peers who probably don't share that, like, also, like, can't do. Because if you think about it, I don't even know what the union, union rate is now in this country. Like, people who have union jobs. I know it's, like, super low. Maybe it's, like, 10%. Well, yeah, I mean, in the country, it's low, yeah. in the it's country, it's super, yeah, because, like, in Arizona, which is a right-to-work state, you still have unions, but they can't. They can't get you a contract nearly as what Washington can give you. Yeah, so I was shocked to see all the right to work states, you know, because I was kind of ignorant in that fact. I always thought Arizona, Florida, you know, a few, and then I looked at the map, and off the top of my head, I don't know, but I mean, it's a shit ton. Now, yeah, doesn't the doesn't the Janus decision make everyone? I think it make the Janus decision makes everywhere a, a right to work state. Pretty now. much, and that's our union, the AFSCME yeah. union. That was all all based around it. I think it, it, it's allowing for that to be the case. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and pretty much what what happens now, so in my union, in my union shop, you're still a part of the union, but now you can forgo union dues. And the union still has to represent you in any grievance, yeah. any pay scale. Well, I'm one of the shop stewards and I'll, I'll gladly call in sick when that person has to go into a meeting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a that's... way to slowly bankrupt the union you know by doing right. that you know we, yeah. i've gotten the thing in the mail now we, i think we both have from the freedom foundation cause oh yeah i've gotten that shit too they sent me did you get did you guys get the email they sent me an email about how like someone like some you they claimed someone uh like flyered their neighborhood uh, about them being from the freedom foundation so i got like an email from them like crying about their like neighbor like the the people who run it yeah uh, getting their neighborhood flyered um, by like union workers yeah. about how horrible yeah. people they are. And I was like, and I was reading the bios awesome. of these yeah. Freedom Foundation guys. These guys are pieces of shit. Dude. Oh like, god! One guy's just like, I don't think sick leaves deserved. It never works out. <laughs> and that's like literally the quote. He's just they, some just asshole. They also have like weird ties, like weird, vague, but still their ties with like yeah. weird white nationalist shit. So, well, like oh, anytime yeah. something's yeah. called the Freedom Foundation, the Liberty <laughs> Council, the Heritage <laughs> one, Foundation, one, even, like I mean, you, even the phrase "right to work." sounds like correct everyone yeah. should have the right to work yeah and it's yeah. anything but that. yeah same with yeah the freedom foundation who doesn't want freedom yeah or <laughs> yeah and then you have the heritage foundation dr james dobson yeah but I, yeah i know i know the Koch brothers were like a, a big donation behind the free freedom yeah foundation. Mm-hmm. but uh yeah that that that's a that supreme court ruling sucked ass no. yeah and i i work with i can't really name drop it I happen to have someone I work with who's above me who's just mind-fucked over the Supreme Court decision because they're an AFSCME worker. Yeah. And they're a Trump voter and all this and can't rationalize the two. And that's the kind of what you're dealing with intelligence-wise and then tries to ask me what it means and I have to go about it without mentioning the T word as to how this happens and how a Supreme Court gets formed that way. And then I just have someone get really nervous and go... Well, I hope it all works out. Yeah. And it just runs off, you know. And that's that's what you're dealing with. You vote against your own economic interests, and that's what you fucking get. That's yeah. what, like, half the country does, though, mm-hmm. on the regular. And that's a thing. I mean, it's a, that's also one of those things, too, that... Um, I mean, this relates to everything about even the rise of fascism today. I mean, I, and this is also probably a great example of this podcast is going on some weird tangents today. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, and we and, picked and, some anti-fascist tunes here. So, yeah, so. so that's awesome. So, um, and I got some recommendations, too, if, we, if you guys run out. But the, um, uh, where does I say this, too? Is that um, a lot of times in America, for example, um, you know, like they try to, like, the, the idea, these ideas probably wouldn't work in any other country. 
accept America because of our weird like racialized hierarchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, we're like white white workers can feel themselves slightly above other workers. So basically, they can um, view any sort of progress for p- workers who are not white as being a direct threat to them. Yeah. So all these like kind of anti-worker um, ideas actually can like take hold here. Whereas I feel like um, other countries, it, it's probably um, rare that you see those types of things actually affect. Uh, people as much when they're organizing for their economic interest yeah um, and so quickly you know yeah. here we have that the jim crow system worked so well in that yeah. it affected so many parts in these that you yeah you will have white people vote against their own economic interests just to make sure that the brown guy doesn't yeah. get doesn't yeah. advance with him yeah you know and i think in this country it's the idea that if someone if someone who's like poor it does better it's going to take away from me Instead of like taking away from like the really like rich guy, yeah. which is the goal, and it's also the idea that I think a lot of people, and I think sometimes this is important, especially in 2018, with like some people's, sometimes even like these like people who have like a liberal, more liberal political analysis, even they're lacking this idea that is that like racism does give like white people privilege for sure, but at the same time, like racism actually hurts like white workers because it encourages them to basically organize. And vote against their own economic interests. So, like I said, like you have a, you might have a, a coworker who's a Trump supporter because he probably is into the maybe slightly, I don't know, maybe yeah. slightly into the weird dog whistles kind of. Well, oh, and yeah, it yeah. is, and doesn't even understand that he is because yeah. that's he's the level of because I've worked with God and Carpenter. I mean, I've yeah. worked with a guy who's fucking Klan member. You know, this guy's more of so ignorant. And just go, well, I really didn't like Hillary. I did kind of like what Bernie had to say. Yeah. And I'm like, so yeah. it's like... I work with a guy who's... I mean, he he's one of our few guys who shows up to every union meeting. He thought Obama was divisive when Obama was... <laughs> like he And he legitimately thought that. Like, he told me this one time. And, like, you can see, like, the worry on his face. He's like, I, I think he was more divisive in the Trayvon Martin type of... Yeah, and, and you know uh, exactly and, uh, what he uh, means. Uh, 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 and, yeah, and and you know, and this guy's this guy's a union dude. So, yeah. and you're just like, I. I well, we de-radicalized unions it. and did a real good job at it from early on. Yeah, you know? it could have gone a whole other way, and it went the way it did. One thing that really you know always bothers me thinking about these because these people are obviously like miseducated, right? They obviously oh, don't yeah. get it. And then that really always bothers me is that the education system in this country is still like ran and taught by union workers uh-huh. so and you know like so like you know everyone has to go through the educational system which is still in this country very problematic and needs to be fixing but at the same time they're all union workers uh-huh. but like why aren't they learning like labor history yeah. and like learning how like organize like i mean that's like one thing that like people should do i mean i know this i teach like u.s history yeah. that like yeah i'm gonna teach my kids about labor history and um, that's just like that's just a fact. Yeah. But like, why isn't everyone doing that? Yeah. yeah. Because like you literally, I mean, like you maybe. I feel too like there's so much of the high school history agenda spent on how America won World War Two single handedly. <laughs> single handedly, yeah, with a little mention of Russia. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And also like America didn't wait for Pearl Harbor to and happen. way they too much up. on just George Washington and the British, you know, and yeah. it's like holy god. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like 4 years of that is what I got. Yeah, and then yeah. and then oddly, nothing, well, not oddly, nothing about Africa and tons on Mayans in world history. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I always thought that was funny. Because we had in Mr. Croyd's class, he we loved had. Mayans, <laughs> and he just it was you just hear all about. He's like the pyramids, and oh my god! On oh. the calendar, he was looking forward 
to uh, the day the Mayans predicted. Oh, 2012. Because he's like, he's like, I intend on living till then, and I'm I'm really curious on that day. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was. Uh, yeah, so it's. Should I was. Anyone, anyone check in with him? See how he's doing right oh, now. We, we should check in on Mr. Kreutz. We should. He would get so excited about history. His he's just obviously Kreutz. He's just this big German white guy. His lips would turn purple because he'd go like this the whole time. and was so excited. And he would just, he couldn't contain himself. He'd be so excited. And he would get boners in class. <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, and, the like, bon- and the boners weren't threatening or sexual. He would be talking to you in the paper. And he and I like, I was working, I think like on Che Guevara or something. He yeah. was all about it. He was like, he was like, well, the Cuban Revolution happened in the part of Latin America. That this, and so the khakis, you're just looking, you're like, Jesus, Mr. Kreutz. <laughs> like, you know? Calm down. Yeah. yeah. See, I feel like I, I warn my kids too because I'm like a history. I'm a huge fucking history nerd. Yeah. Like even more so than like like um like politics. Like I just like love reading about history and even shit that's like not even super like political yeah. or social justice. Yeah. Like I just dig it. And um, so I always tell kids like I I like love history. So you're gonna totally see me nerd out about some shit all the time. So just just be wary. It's <laughs> yeah. coming. You know what I mean? But. Not boners in class. <laughs> you know, it was so funny because we used to That's think that and it was the first time like any other teacher that got a boner in my face in class, I probably would have ran and told my parents and said like I need help. Yeah. But you could just tell it like he was just so excited. It wasn't about like Yeah. He's just like, I'm so pumped and like all the blood is rushing everywhere. And I'm just like <laughs> I mean you have to admit though, the Mayan calendar's pretty impressive. Yeah, and he's just he's just like he's like, They knew the solar system. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> That's tight, though. That's more than I got with the minds when I was in high school. I mean, the thing that's also weird about even, like, high school history, too, is that, like, there are some deliberately, like, things, like, left out. Like, I learned very little about, like, African history or even, like, like history of Asia in general yes. when I was in school. But also, like, the time you get to teach in school is, like, so limited that, that you almost get, can't cover, like, every single thing either. So there's that weird, like, problem of, like, like oh, we should cover more about, like, Africa. Like, people should cover more about Africa, but then it's, like, Okay, we need to add like more like ethnic studies curriculum, which I know in Seattle is something similar that we're trying to do, um, especially the um, Seattle equity uh, equity educators, yeah, which is like a segment of SEA. I think Washington didn't Washington put something through a couple of years ago that like we have to start um, covering native. Yeah, that's that's too. a that's a Washington State requirement. Yeah, so and like, that's and that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. And, and we I, actually did a lot of that. I remember in high school back then, or maybe middle school for me. I, did I think a lot of I that. think mine was middle school yeah. when we learned about hunter gatherers. Hunter, yes. Yeah, <laughs> a lot hunter. of a lot of history is like weird because it really depends on your history teacher, you know, more than anything. Because you have a lot of leeway to kind of teach whatever you like want to teach for the most part. So yeah, it depends if you have a teacher who's like really interested in like uh, in the indigenous history of the Americas, like. They're gonna cover it. If they're not that interested, yeah. Then it just it might get like kind of like glossed over. And even for me, like every year, I feel like I, like if you watch my class, you'd be like, you're teaching these kids like really cool shit. But yeah. then you would, I would tell you on the other hand, like here's all the cool shit that I didn't get to talk about. Yeah. Well, there's so much and you're dealing like, with thousands of years. You yeah. Know? Uh, well, I guess not if you're doing U.S. history, but uh, yeah. But you can because I mean you talk about the indigenous, it was indigenous history, people. Yeah. And we're talking about even that. Like I go way back. I go to like. The, like the the migration out of Africa to like the Americas, like that's usually where I start. Yeah. The year as far as history goes, so, like I got to talk about like allegedly. We... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I mean so so you're studying Europe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But no, when I was my sixth grade teacher, I remember he had a Native American son, 
that he had adopted. He was a lot older. I'm sure he's passed on now. He was probably 70 when I was in sixth grade and still teaching. So he spent a lot Damn. of time on Native history. Um, and then I switched school districts. I went to high school with Ryan for two years in the Everett School District. And that's where Mr. Mayan was. Yeah. And then went to Seattle. And my history teacher for two years was so... I mean, you call her radical. She was just right on. Yeah. And, I mean, she started right out with, you know, here's, you know, Howard's in. Boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. You know, it's like, okay, we're going to study, you know, here's slavery, here's lynchings, here's this, you know. And it really, like, she blew me away. And, I mean, it stayed with me forever. You know, so teachers can really have an effect on people, mm-hmm. you know, for better or for worse. Yeah, totally. And that's, like, kind of the goal is is to, is to, is to have that kind of impact. But also the idea that, you know, like, even for me, though, like, most of my political awareness definitely came from, like, punk rock yeah. and hardcore rather than from what I learned in school, which is, like, sometimes in, like, uh, when kids are listening to music, you're like, maybe you're listening to cool music. I kind of doubt it. But, <laughs> yeah. like, these days I'm like, but maybe you'll get more, like, political just by, like, what you're what you're interested in. Because I, I think that, is, that was definitely something for me that was, like, really important. Dude, even, mm-hmm. I feel like even young, hardcore kids right now are just listening to some whack shit. And I'm not talking about hardcore, but I feel like they'll they'll listen to rap. And the rap they listen to, I'm just like, oh, my fucking SoundCloud God. rap? Yeah. Oh, and I'm, you know, it's art, so it, it has to be, res- I'm, it doesn't have to be respected, but it needs to be judged as art. And I'm definitely not fucking into that hard. Well, no, you need someone if they want to listen to hip hop. It's like someone needs to drop some knowledge. Be like, here you go. Here's some like, here's some yeah. like, here's some public enemy. Like, yeah. here you go. You know. Unfortunately, like, I don't think that's the thing. Well, I mean, the thing that's actually weird is I was just thinking about kind of back to our earlier conversation with like hardcore kids or whatever or punk kids just becoming kind of like normal, boring adults, which has always been my like big fear. I think this kind of goes back to like, you know, Henry Rollins, Black Flag's family man being like fuck no, I'm not going to be that guy, yeah. you know? But you can have a kid and have a family and still be politically active, still keep your ideals. Like, none of those things necessarily have to contradict each other. But the uh, the thing about, like, I was thinking of this with a lot of hardcore kids today, and this could also be, like, like you know, we're, like, we're all, like, older. So this could be a totally, like, gross mischaracterization, too. Yeah, and I'm hoping, I kind of hope I'm wrong on <laughs> this, you know? But, like, a lot of hardcore kids now are just, like, really, like, normie like they're just normies like they're not really it's like very different like they don't like um well and i would say fashion has a lot to do with that which sounds weird it's an easier look Mm -hmm. for a normal kid to get into yeah well and also too but like the internet has made subcultures boom like there's take your pick yeah exactly when like i mean even even when we were we were young in high school you had to search out for for punk mm-hmm. like or you knew the punks in school because of what they what t-shirts they wore yeah now i mean you can just log on to the internet buy you you can probably go to amazon and buy a crash i think shirt. the subculture fits me <laughs> yeah. Click. yeah yeah you know i mean like at the same time too though it's like weird like fashion is a big big part of it too but like i lived in olympia for a long time right and like obviously like some of my, some of my best friends like live in olympia or in bands from olympia but the the thing that's about olympia is that if you go to that, if you go to a show in Olympia, about eighty percent of the kids there are like are like college kids going through a punk phase, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's like basically like kids who who look the part, but they don't have the ideals no. at all, or even pretend to have the ideals at that point. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a weird thing of like hardcore, like specifically when we think of like hardcore, like that kind of like more clean cut look. Yeah, it's easier to pull off, but even if you do have the clothes, like the studded jackets or whatever, and the leather, yeah, like. 
that still doesn't make you no, not like at all. it's still not the whole thing. So even then, like you kind of have this thing where um, I I just think that a lot of times now, like there's good things about hardcore today yeah. in punk, and there's bad things. Like I think the good things are that it's more diverse than it's ever been. Yeah, I think that's awesome. The bad thing is that um, I think it's also like less politically aware than it. Uh, well, actually, it depends because I think it's I think there's some political awareness, but it's more like like liberal wokeness like you know what i mean like yes kind of like it's not a very deep analysis so it's basically yeah. like kind of basically like being like woke in a very like neoliberal sense yeah racism's then, wrong sexism's wrong yeah but like not but also not really having, <laughs> but not really having a critique of like how to fight that or like yeah. or how but, economics breeds well, just, into racism yeah, yeah. but also sexism. just like i mean um we were i mean we were talking about the crow megs but like even even bands like warzone could they could could they even be in like Seattle's hardcore scene right now, just with the stuff they said? Like the early Warzone, the later yeah. Warzone. So there's actually a big difference. Yeah, well, which and, is and true. Warzone's one of my but favorite I mean, bands. So. But I feel like, but like now, at least in I see Seattle, and it's not. I don't think it's good or bad. But you're you're not going to get that guy who's into hardcore and a little sketch. No, <laughs> yeah. definitely not hardcore. I don't think so too. I mean, like, I mean, if you're if you're sketch, that I mean, exists though, dude. It's been, yeah. like East Coast guys and stuff. Well, East Coast guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking like, yeah, in Seattle, I don't, I don't see yeah. that. Which I mean, I that's that's actually good. Seattle's always been a little bit like the Northwest and Seattle in particular have always been like a little bit more like uh, progressive than like the rest of the scene. So sometimes there's like there are things you'll hear about in other places that are like seem like so mind-boggling to someone who's like really used to like Northwest hardcore. Yeah. Like, you're like I can't even fucking imagine that. Yeah. Uh, somewhere else, you know. And then sometimes there's like weird things of like even but even in the same city like there's like weird things in like the, like an oi scene that you're like really like that's that's okay and like as in hardcore that would be like yeah people would like laugh you out of the room yeah and like you probably wouldn't be safe so it's kind of one of those like things where it's like really like the reds <laughs> yeah exactly so it's yeah. kind of like this weird thing of like uh you know like i mean yeah even like small subcultures in the same mm-hmm. city can be completely fucking different yeah absolutely but um yeah Speak of that, let's play some music. Let's play, let's actually play Redskins from uh, uh, Jake's pick. Uh, what's the song called? Or, uh, Josh. Josh, sorry, not Jake. 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 We were Jake. talking about Jake we earlier. Jake sorry. Earlier. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Shout sorry. out to Jake. Jake, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, oh yeah, Unionize. Actually, yeah. I was going to segue to it, but you guys are hosting, so I wasn't trying to be like, we should probably play oh, Unionize. Yeah, yeah, right, right, let now. me rustle some papers first, because since <laughs> this is a radio show. Yeah, yeah. So, what we got. <laughs> So what's this? What's this time? Well, I've heard about some things. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and it's, it's mainly the song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's no outline for the show. It's just obvious.
tell you. Like, I don't want to tell you. But anyway. We're back on. We're back on. We're back on. Where do we leave off? Back on the air. I think I heard Japanese samurais. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that was that we just left off on uh, introducing your song, which was Unize by Redskins. That's a funky tune, dude. It is. It's very it's very funky. It's it's weird. I mean, I'm like I'm probably obsessed with the Redskins for I mean it's not a that's not a shocker to anyone who's known me for yeah. like a minute. Um it's like they're one of my all time favorite bands. Also weird because they're they're not a band that really it like that Unionize is a really hard song to describe. And their style is kind of hard to describe mm-hmm. to people. They're really influenced by like northern soul. Yeah, Scottish like, groove. Yeah. And like ish. boy and like all this kind of sh- shit just thrown into a mix. And it's really weird because like I'm, I don't consider myself like a big soul guy myself. I appreciate it and I really like it. And I've gotten kind of more into it over the years. Yeah. But like they, they just do it well. But I think it's mm-hmm. also just like um, – a band that, you know, like I said, only released a couple singles, one album. And I honestly and was, love when bands do that because yeah. then it never gets lame. Yeah. It's like, cool, man. But also the singer fucking disappeared. Did like, he? Nobody knows where he's at. Like, there's like rumors he like lives in France now. Really? Just that's on. Yeah, so I see, like and even that, like, special coming and on. even that, that's fucking cool to me. Yeah. Like, there's I, no mystery in music anymore. Yeah. The internet, yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's really weird. But like, it's, it's like, I think. Then you can just make shit up some say. Yeah. I I really I don't I don't like when I hope they honestly never reunite either I mean like that's that's my opinion because I yeah. want I want this thought in my head of what they were I don't want it to be ruined like how the foreskins were ruined I, which is like oh, which is like the sore subject for me because so, I are you fucking... the one they wrote that like really anti-immigrant song well and, uh, and yeah that and oh. more that and more like they were one of my favorite bands, and they play with RAC bands now. Basically. Yeah, and I've always been. Yeah, yeah. Well, then they don't a, even play even, even back on that as a line kid. More anymore. like to the left, even then, and they were just a band to me that was cool to listen to. There was nothing sketchy; it was just good music. Um, and when they reformed, and it's not them reforming; it's Gary Hodges, the original singer. Which it's like it's like a Keith Morris thing. Oh, he's the best singer of the Foreskins. Yeah, you know, disagree. you know, and yeah, disagree. absolutely. I, yeah, absolutely. I disagree on Keith Morris mm-hmm. and on the Foreskins. Yeah, and Gary Hodges, he sounds like an old British grandpa, and oh, now he actually so bad, and now he is an old British grandpa, and the music sucked. And then he released, yeah, this anti- – I didn't even know the title of it, this anti-immigrant like, bullshit. Like, like, Maybe we can feed all people first. You know, <laughs> like, and it's, it's like, like – it's and what's funny, it was released on Randall Records because you, from Germany who were like the most like, at least for that time, a pretty left-leaning like German label who are, were psyched to release the foreskins. Like, holy yeah. shit, the foreskins are back? All right. And then he comes out as, you know, just an asshole. Yeah. And then he brought Ken McKellen on stage. Who's I, uh, Brutal Attack. Okay. okay. And um, I don't think it was a foreskin show. I think it was – who's that fat dude that's in uh, – is it uh, Frankie Flame? Oh, Super, Super Yob. Yeah. So I think – I don't quote me on it, but I think it was their set. I don't think it was a foreskin set. And they brought him up for Chaos or something, one of those tunes. Yeah. And Ken McKellen gets up there and they're fucking, you know, arm over shoulder, you know, doing this. And it's like – Fuck you, dude. Yeah. And, ho- and meanwhile, Hoxton Tom, who I actually do respect, who yeah, wrote totally. all the Foreskin stuff, you know, he was asked to reform it. He's like, I'll never reform that band or be part of it because that was about youth. Yeah. yeah. And I'm old. And but the cool thing about Hoxton Tom, he's not an old lame dad. He dresses and is exactly the same, but he's not going to play that band anymore. Yeah. And I yeah. love I love that aspect of it. Yeah. But I was I was even like that with. 
when um, Danzig played Misfits earlier yeah. this year. Like, I mean, I love the Misfits. I saw mm-hmm. the tour where he brought um, Doyle Doyle on, and you got mm-hmm. to see a couple of Misfits songs. But to actually do a whole reuniting of the Misfits, I, I just don't want to see it. I and want- also with the Misfits, I don't want to hear it in that style. I don't want to hear superpower distortion and excellent drumming and a well-produced sound. I want to hear <laughs> I want to hear last caress. I want to hear how it's meant yeah. to sound. I'm not yeah. interested in like here we go powering off. Yeah. One of the things that's, it's interesting, it's like weird, maybe being like somewhat selfish. Is some some of those old bands I love. One thing that always disappoints me is that there's like no really good live footage of them playing. If you think of like bands like the original lineups, like Foreskins or like the Misfits. There's like a handful of like really shitty recordings, but like really yeah. like not. I mean, I'm just like yeah. videos. Like yeah. there's like live recordings which are also shitty, but like very few of like live videos of so you could actually see what the what yeah. it looked like back then. Oh yeah, so, the only Foreskins live video I can think of is the BBC news report. Like oh the Channel yeah, Four report yeah. About where there the was the Like I think they're booking a country western. <laughs> they couldn't be further from the truth. You know, and Gary yeah, Hodges hate, goes hate on to five, say, six wasn't around then." So yeah. he, you know, and Gary he, Hodges goes on to say how they're not a racist band. He goes, "We're not a racist band. The Packies just got a little bit out of hand." And I'm like, "Jesus Christ, Gary Hodges, you oh, suck." That <laughs> shit, that shit literally killed. And I think you guys, I think you guys might mention one of your older episodes, but that shit may have like really fucking just killed Oi at that point. It was killed like, Oi music. It yeah, Oi, like it, it, it Oi could have been. Like it was like I mean you're having oi bands like chart on like John charts and yeah like, was like it John crazy. Peel the radio guy was yeah John, yeah he was banking on the foreskins but he did sessions he thought this band is gonna be it yeah you know and South Hall ruined it you know yeah. and really well, which sucks at, yeah and you look at some of those like so foreskin songs are fucking great and like even like so many of those bands like the thing about oi music I always loved I think it's probably the appeal to us is that like you had this like tough music by these like sometimes like by people who even when they have bad politics it's almost because they're like they're so real and working class this is like what they know yeah but at the same time like the music is so fucking great yeah you know i mean it's so catchy yeah and it's like and well then that's that's the reason we gravitated towards oi because we couldn't play hardcore yet yeah and play like i listen oh, to yeah. horstons like i can play this music and i love the fact that all these guys look like they're characters from snatch oh yeah <laughs> you know and they're just like british pub thugs who are like, you know, these dudes are gangsters, basically. Yeah. You know, and they it was look great. Good. They like their songs are super catchy. No, like, it, I mean, there's something about like, I mean, oi, that's like, it's so, it's like weird, it's like a weird secret, you know, that we know about. Yeah. And then you're like, why is the whole world freaking out about this? Yeah. Shit? Yeah. And like you don't, like you don't really understand it, but like. My dad it, loves it, dude. Really? Yeah. He loved Four Skins. He's oh, like, man, this is some catchy shit. Or even man. like the chord, yeah. the chord progression. Even if you hear it on like modern rock songs you're like like that's fu- that, that could have been a noise song that's, oh yeah that's I'm totally a noise song yeah or even a band like g to c to d dude yeah yeah there's so many good oi bands today that you're like could be huge like i really like do you guys ever like with do you guys ever fuck with like suede razors yeah yeah, yeah. suede razors like are good. just like like kind of that boot boy glam sound like just yeah super they just play super great rock and roll yeah with like like and, and, and just, those guys are all awesome musicians yeah yeah and you're just like god this band could be fucking huge like this is like the greatest rock band right now yeah mm-hmm. and you're just like you know but like at the same time it's like oh they're kind of an oi band so it's kind of like you know like it'll they, never reach that they'll yeah. never reach that you know yeah. and um i think uh did you, you ever you ever uh listen to judah from italy 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and there I think they've tried to distance themselves from oh, yeah. from even punk because their first two albums were very punk influenced, yeah. and then everything else came as it had been strictly like bobber rock and yeah. glam, and um, like it's not as good. But, yeah, to me, I don't think that band is like, and, and I'm sure so. There's plenty because I know they love that band. But I don't think they're as good because they've gotten so far away from Oi that they don't have the they're, same like. The yeah, their their first two albums I I love more than any other band trying to do that now. Oh, yeah. But but you're you're right they've they've tried to just go straight glam. Yeah. But so, like I mean like they're I think they're fucking huge now. Not yeah now they're big. It it's took a, me a while to know their name was Judy dude I'm bad at reading like yeah, Italian. I've yeah. Never, I've never like been like I've, I've heard their name Guida I've heard their name pronounced a million different ways. Yeah. So like I didn't even bother to repronounce their name because I'm yeah. like ah I'm yeah totally. yeah. So you get this they, guy like, and, Judah essentially. Well, and really I think the only reason I knew it is on their second album they they say Judah. Yeah. So you find. Yeah. It's <laughs> got they pronounce it for me but yeah um but yeah. Oi music changed my life. Probably all people's. Speaking of oi music, I got a I got a pick from French band Maraboots that I'm about to play, yeah, and it's called Soldat Perdu, which pro- it's probably pronounced more like Soldat Perdu. Soldat Perdu. I have no, I haven't researched. I think Soldat is, um, I'm assuming soldier because that's what it is in German. Too, yeah, like I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, let's listen to this though. Tell me what you guys think.
like a huge influence. Like even on like, and that was a direct influence on Rash, for, mm-hmm. for example. Oh yeah. Like um, and even to this day, I mean, like the look, even you know what I mean, like uh, which is actually funny because like they like grew their like hair slightly longer on top, you know, and like kind of had this like you know there was a joke about that like even even the skinheads in France look like models. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like very much true, you know, and yeah. like because you see the pictures of like the Red Warriors and you're like, damn, these are some good looking guys. Yeah. Like, Frenchmen, yeah. These guys are just, some good looking. I mean, like, groomed. dudes, if like, if, if like, if you know, if you're competing with some guy and they, and they bring a member of the Red Warriors out, you're like, he's got my girl. Like, I'm done, you know? Yeah, like, God. You know, like, do the song. He's probably activist as fuck. And, and he's, he's like hard looking. and he's super good looking. You're like, God damn it. You Probably know. knows how to play a saxophone. <laughs> exactly. oh, of course, because every Frenchman. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. We have does. a theory that all French, because in every French Oi record, some guy always comes in with the sax, and we're like, oh. is it the same guy in every band? That would be yeah. so awesome. Uh, yeah, just come, come on in here, man. Yeah. But saxophones then, can be saxophones and songs can add can add some <laughs> shit to it. There's also I think this band from LA called Form Rank, which is kind of mm-hmm. like an Oi band. They're really good. I know they have a song with a saxophone they in have it. To have awesome. the sax, and it's man. and it's tight. It's isn't really the sax? Isn't the French horn technically? I, I, I was pretty sure it was I I missed music class or didn't pay attention yeah. to school. Yeah, <laughs> but that yeah, Maraboots as the lead singer of Lions Law, and then I think he told me because I asked him like, are you ever gonna do a reunion? And he's like, no. Well, one of the guys I think went off to be probably like the French Armed Forces, and he wasn't gonna come back, and so he has a new band called Bromir, which is the same as this. It's an oi band, little distortion, and then a fat a sax. Okay, dude. But of course, man. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I have a saxophone. Yeah. What happens when the one sax guy dies, though? Yeah, I don't All know. the French bands will <laughs> lose. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. No, definitely, definitely can rock a sax in some songs and sound cool. That was a good band, man. Yeah, they're, I thought I thought they were pretty pretty legit. Yeah, hell yeah. What uh, what, what? other bands are you into? Um. So um, I don't know if it's, so um. Like currently, I feel like recently, um, as far as like current bands, are you thinking? Of, are you talking about current bands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah let's talk like current bands. Because yeah, that's like I feel like you can talk about classic bands, and we yeah. probably have very similar interests in a lot of classic yeah, bands. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I feel like currently, I'm I'm always super interested in like what's going on like locally for the most part. Yeah. So like, there's like um, I th- I think um, as far as like Oi goes, <clears throat> one of my picks today is a uh, is a uh, Petite. I think they're from Portland. I think they're fucking incredible. They've never played. I was literally never played Seattle. Yeah, which is weird. Um, they're a band that I don't understand why they're not huge. Um, are you gonna get it? Are you gonna get them to come up? Oh yeah, I've already asked. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm planning this happening. That's awesome. I fucking hate booking shows though. It's like literally. Dude, the, I fucking. I just love promoters. I fucking hate it. I love promoters. I hate doing that. Work. It's it's hurry. It's hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Okay, now what's next? With like you get one band to confirm. Then you have to like, all right, you can't ask any more bands. Like, let's make sure one's buckled up. You don't want to send out it's the venues. Like, I hate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel like bands is the worst. Actually, usually venues that you can sometimes venues can be an issue, but a lot of times it's bands because like you can't get one band down until they know who else is playing. Sometimes, yeah. and you're just like, well, fuck. I mean, I'm trying it's to like, like high school. All over well, and Seattle yeah. is so horrible for an all ages venue now. Yeah, totally. Is is your is your buddy at is it is it Boogie Records? What, where were you gonna have the? Oh left? no! Oh, that's uh, Fat Cat. Fat Cat Records. Yeah, they're doing shows. I think occasionally too, still. Um, but I don't. They haven't been doing shows regularly. But they have a, a, a cool spot, and I would like to see them doing more shows. Um, obviously, I know. Um, 
Black Lodge. It's been holding down for 10 years still. Um, I know the Vera Project also has like a little... Like yeah, I saw... Room. They're trying to do more shit yeah. there too. And I saw cool. uh, I saw some bands are playing the Vera Project that were small and I'm like, how can they pack that place? I didn't, yeah. And then I, I've seen pictures now. It's like a side room. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, thank God. Like, yeah, the Vera's huge. And it's like, I mean, I was in the Cromags and, and like the Vera Project. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah like, we, saw him, it we was, saw him that time too. That was cool. Yeah. That was that was a rat show yeah. too. They put um, one of the hottest shows I've ever been to, by the way, because it was like so gross and sweaty. Dude, it was rough in there. Dude, man. It was no, the hottest the hottest show was fantastic. Tyler was there when we saw Violent Reaction in the basement of Capitol Hill. Holy fuck! Holy shit! Yeah. Was that a sweat? A literal Swamp sweat town. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. rough. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of that Chromex show, one of my favorite local hardcore bands, Ill Intent, played that. Oh yeah, I love Ill Intent. Ill Intent's fucking great. And I actually I, did. I, I feel like I wish they would have popped off more That's, in, in popularity. You know what? We literally, my bandmates actually talked about this the other day. Um, Ill Intent is so fucking great. Um, and they've also, um, uh, and they've never gotten huge, but if you listen to it, man, they have all like the right ingredients, like that biohazard, Madball group. Yeah. They're great live. Um, if you've seen, like, they played Rainfest. I think they played the last Rainfest. And... They probably got the best reaction for a local band that I've ever seen. Like that was like not a reunion, you know, yeah. at a rainfest. Like just a most like a band that just plays normal ass shows, and the place went fucking crazy when they played. And I think to myself like, how many people outside of the Northwest know about mm-hmm. Intent? And I, I think some people do, but not a lot of people do. So they're like a weird Northwest secret. Yeah, I actually did guest vocals on one of their demos. Oh um, really? Yeah, and I would, and I have the song with me, but I don't know if it's available. Which one? Online. Crucial times? Not or? crucial. It was like, I think it was the crucial times demo. It was a song called uh, was it, the song was Lo- losing war. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a part where I you hear me sing. Part and that's of the song. when it had yeah. the dude from Nothing to Prove on. Who's who's vocals then? It was it was the that was when Fathy Matt was singing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so like so there, yeah, there's a recording of me with doing um, yeah. a song with them which is like because I I was friends with Floppy Matt from Olympia stuff so yeah. they called me in to do like an like because they're doing this like anti-war song and yeah. they're like let's get Josh in and, and also Ill Intent that's something about Ill Intent is like um, like from that era Floppy Matt to even now with Jake like the last couple records have like some really dope like political like lyrics yeah. in it and that's like really cool Excellent. so it's kind of one of those things that you're like you know, like why isn't this fucking band huge? Yeah, and well, they had they had Wally on one of their songs from yeah, um, Rotting Out. Rotting Out, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, and it, like so, they're. I mean, yeah, I definitely think when you think of like underrated hardcore bands yeah. in the Northwest, they're definitely. Well, and I think too, like they can't really. He's been doing a tattoo apprenticeship for a while, yeah. and you you really cannot tour. And their guitarist lives in Canada. Oh really? That's Jesus. the main thing. Oh. Dustin lives in Canada, so that's why they don't get a lot of of touring. So they played. They played a show here. This is where they played a show here the other day at a skate, skate park. park yeah. But I didn't. They didn't even do an event for it, so I literally didn't even know about the show till like the show was already happening. Yeah. Like that night, I already had like basically I was already in the middle of doing something else, and I was like, oh, I couldn't go because I think I saw something for it a while ago, but then I didn't like. It wasn't really super well promoted, so I don't know how it went. But like, yeah, they rarely even play Seattle shows. Is is anyone in that band in Cujo as well? Because I thought... Cujo... I actually don't... The drummer of Ill Intent might be in Cujo. Because I'm like... Because I've never... Remember. I've never seen Cujo. I've just listened to him. We and played I, a show with him once. They're great. Yeah. They're they fucking, they, they, fucking they, they hit hard. That's what yeah, I was. No. But I, I thought... 
I thought it might have sounded like someone from Ill Intent was in that band. Yeah, I think it's the drummer who's yeah. in Ill Intent. I'm trying to remember who's in who's all the members in Cujo off the top of my head. But yeah, no, they're great too as well. Um, also, like, I mean, I'm sure I'm, so I'm gonna go through some of the hardcore. I'm gonna go through like hardcore bands I really love in the area. Obviously, Wake of Humanity. Yeah, I'm big I'm fan. We- of. I'm wearing the shirt, by the way. Yes, fanboy. Yeah. yeah, but they, uh, I, th- on that band, I think they're personally my favorite locals at the moment. Oh yeah, that place yeah. shows regularly. Like yeah, I I, I mean yeah. obviously I'm very I'm very sympathetic to like to vegan straight edge bands. So yeah. uh, I, you're I mean you're good friends with Mike, right? Yeah, and, Mike and Chris. I've known yeah. them for a while. Like, they and all, Chris is Chris. Like I've I've talked to him about playing shows, and he's been nothing but like fuck. He's like fuck yeah, I want to play with a punk band. I want to play with you guys. I mean, sometimes with hardcore bands, they're just like I don't know. He has been so proactive that like then it falls on like we've fallen off on trying to get shows yeah. now. But he is such a cool dude. I just also love to like he's he's singing about really like what he does for a living with yeah with with especially their first first seven inch with like eco terrorism yeah stuff. like he's literally preserving land yeah which I no, think is fucking so he, cool. He definitely he definitely his job definitely is involved very involved in the stuff that he sings about. It's also interesting too because like I teach history and if you look at Empire Justice lyrics it's like there there's a lot of history there is. in the lyrics that are getting mentioned thrown out. Um so it's it's actually interesting about um you know like I mean I think I think Wake Humanity is a good good band of like dudes who like say one thing and they also like do it. I think that's like and it's very real and I think sometimes like those the amount of hardcore bands who can claim that is like fewer and fewer and fewer uh, between yeah um, very true and I'm trying to think of other I mean I'm not totally gonna I, I know I'm totally gonna miss a lot of bands but um, I really like um, I Man Out from yeah. Olympia straight edge band like I've known Jeff for a million years you I get think, into Bricklayer uh, Bri- oh Bricklayer is great yeah and it's actually weird I actually so for that hard left show, I was actually thinking about trying to get a bricklayer reunion because really? I really they never like I think they're a band that never played a last show. They just kind of like fell apart. Yeah, and they're also cool because like I mean they were like kind of like a skinhead band who were very like left leaning too. And um, even when like Empire Justice kind of started doing their thing, it was kind of like I was thinking of it like oh bricklayer kind of already were kind of kind of going in that direction, but they were they were almost like. Completely a hardcore band, you know, like their songs weren't like really yeah. as oy and They were like, at all. you've heard uh, like '86 mentality, yeah, yeah pretty much like yeah. that. And so it's kind of like, so it's like still very different. Whereas we were like hard, like most of us came from hardcore, and we were deliberately, but we all loved oy music, and we're deliberately trying to write more oy sounding songs. Yeah. But that like obviously still have a hardcore feel because like that's just gonna happen. Yeah. Um, and uh, but um, I've I never I've never met there. Jeff in person, but I I mean I know you pretty much. If, yeah. if you need something in Oli, you know, get in contact with that. So when when the brass came through, yeah, and they were trying to get an Oli show, I tried hitting him up, and he got back to me like a week before, saying like, "Sorry, dude, I just never pretty much get to answer my messages." He's super busy, yeah. and he tours a lot. He's actually in Angel Dust right now too, yeah. as well. One else, you roadies for everyone. That I mean, like that yeah. dude. That dude is a lifer. Like, oh, that yeah. guy... And he lived with me at the Wiener Shack for the record. Oh, did he? Yeah, so, like, that, we're talking about dudes who, like, lived at the Wiener Shack. Like, Jeff is, like, Jeff is the real deal. I mean, seriously, those are, like, way too thin, probably, but, like, no, he's he's the real but when, deal. Yeah, he's about when, he, it. when he said he was sorry about it, couldn't, he couldn't help out anything. I was like, I was like, no sweat, I don't think it's happening anymore, but if you ever want to do anything with Bricklayer, 
if you need anything, hook me up because I'll be there because I want to see you guys live because I've never seen you. Yeah, yeah. no. Um, also, I'm trying to think of like um, other bands I really like. Um, Malaracha from Olympia, yeah. I really dig too. I think they're kind of on like an extended hiatus. Maybe never doing things again, but they, you know, I thought they're like last. Well, there was distance in between members, right? When some of it was in like in Olympia, some of it was in Seattle. Maybe I'm not sure, but I know that they weren't doing stuff for a while. Um, I'm trying to think of other bands. Um, Oi bands off the top of my head, like Petite was great. I really like Chartbusters. Yeah, a lot from Portland. I think that band's fun. Jeff, Jeff, the guitarist, he's a cool dude. Yeah, they're yeah. all like they're all really great, and there's also a lot of bands there. Um, like, you know, that I think there's a lot of bands in Portland, a lot, a lot of boy is. bands that yeah. like kind of either just haven't really recorded yet. Well, Criminal like, Damage is from there. Yeah. But that's the, tra- mm-hmm. those are, those are the tragedy guys mm-hmm. that just wanted to do a really good oi band. Yeah. Like, Let's record an oi band and they did it great. Totally. Yeah. And there's that new band like Death Ridge Boys, which is super good. They put out some like new recordings and. I don't think I've heard them. Yeah. They're like, I think they're new. I saw them. They, they played the last, uh, Rock Against Fascism show in yeah. Portland. Um, and they, they were fucking pretty great. I'd never seen them before either. Um, you know, All Worked Up is fucking amazing. I think they... Do they play anymore, though? They play. They actually played the last Rock Against Fascism. And they played recently. One thing is I think they've only recorded a couple compilation songs. Yeah. So they've actually been a band, like, way longer than Empire Justice have. But they don't have as many... Because I talked to Zed a little. Yeah. Yeah. He's a cool dude. But yeah. they're. I mean, they're all great. And, like, and, also, like, and those guys are also real deal. They show up. You know, when, when things are going down, like they're like, so it's kind of one of those, uh, uh, but yeah, I just kind of wish they, but their songs are great. They're a great live band. I kind of like, you guys should record those songs because those are great. Because I asked them last time, I'm like, when are you guys recording? Yeah. Like a, an EP or something because uh-huh. like, I want to hear these songs recorded, especially with way bands. I think it's, it's so much better when you get to hear it recorded and then see it live. It just yeah, adds to true. the experience. Yeah. And I feel like it's maybe even more so than hardcore, like. You can like listen to songs and then you know the songs and you get to see them live and sing along. And it's yeah, it well, yeah, up. because like well, hardcore doesn't even it doesn't matter if you've even heard the song. You can vibe. Like, yeah, you can vibe to it. You can move mm-hmm. to it. Oi, you yeah, have you, to be a you, fan you, of the song. You really need to know the lyrics opinion. to really get into it. Like yeah, you can you can you can vibe to it, but hardcore you can just you can move your whole fucking body. And be totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's like. Um, I'm trying to think of other like current band. I mentioned Suede Razors earlier. That's like a band that I'm always constantly. Uh, how is your guys' show with Wicked Humanity and Malfunction? Who was the one you guys? Oh, Black Black Lodge a couple weeks ago. Why can't I think of yeah, that? Yeah, we actually dropped that show. We actually had. We've actually it's weird. We've actually canceled two shows recently. Oh yeah. And I've never been a dude who's like canceled shows. One yeah. is just because like the Hard Left show fell apart because Hard Left dropped off. Yeah. And the other show we had to drop because of like. Um, like personal issues with like with one of our band members, like family. So um, it was just kind of like a. So yeah, recently we've actually we actually get to play that show. I went. That show was great, and it was um, what was the name of the band? It wasn't Malfunction. It was um, I'm thinking of the name of the band that they're played. fucking rad. Because I yeah, I listened to them. Super good. Yeah, and they're. Um, but yeah, and um, Wake was great too, and they recorded and they played a bunch of new songs that they have. Do they? So yeah, and and they're all really solid. So but yeah. Did you? I think. I think you might have heard the story when I when I volunteered for a burrito coalition. Oh yeah, and I wore my Wake of Humanity shirt, mm-hmm. and then Mike was there, and I was like, God, I feel like an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> you wore no. a band shirt to the show. No, no, it was a oh, volunteer okay. event to make vegan burritos for the homeless. Okay, and the bass player was there. 
out of like she's like hey how are out of, you out of like the six people that showed up that day yeah there's one, Ryan. one of them happened to be the band yeah <laughs> Metal Mike yeah nah he's great he's a cool dude yeah. yeah no we go way back he's awesome and I was also in a band with him called hardcore band with him called Shadow Boxing before we did um, Empire Justice which Shadow Boxing's completely different from Empire Justice in like every way it was kind of like moshy like hardcore and uh we never did much we like basically did like a like a like a demo like beat down stuff y- yeah not so much though like it was actually weird it was like it was like i'm gonna um, hear this now yeah. it was like metal mike wrote all the music it was like trying to do something that was like not as not as like beat down but like like maybe like more old school than like a wake of humanity, yeah. But still, kind of sounded like yeah, metallic like hardcore. I remember okay. you were telling me like one of your old bands showed up on Spotify and you had nothing to do with it. Oh, that was um Shadowboxing. It's oh, on Spotify. was it? Yeah, and I didn't. And I think it might have been one of our band members that put it on there, but just like fine. But like I was just like I was like cool, like but uh, it's it's interesting how that stuff happens, and I think some of my students found out about that band. But it's just, it's also like, it's just also completely different. But now that I like listen to it, it's like, I still like, I think those songs are great. Um, but I think Empire Justice definitely like works better for my limited vocal ability yeah. than I think uh, Shadowboxing did. And actually, what it is, is I think I actually like was forced to sing more in Empire Justice. Uh-huh. I mean, it's actually good. Whereas I feel like in, in Shadowboxing, like, just it was like too much, like, just trying to sound like tough. Yeah. And that wasn't necessarily. I think what I was like best at. Yeah. So I feel you, man. Uh, we actually yeah, we'll play we'll make it the last song, but we have uh, a tear it down. Oh yeah. On here, so we'll, totally. we'll play that, and you can go through that song a little with us. But Tyler, what do you what do you have this week? Well, let's see. I got a uh, kind of to go off what we were talking about. Of actually, living the life of what you say, mm-hmm. you know, and being a band. I got a song. It's from a German band because, of course, it's me. Yep. So, um, German band Slime. This is from 2012. They've been around since. They're one of the first German punk bands. I'd say along with like Normal, Slime, Bo's Uncles, eight, maybe Vortex. 79, 80. Yeah. Um, but what's cool is this album in 2012. Every single song was written by Eric Musham, which I think I'm saying it right. Musham or Musham, um, who's a German, just anti-racist anarchist slash communist in the pretty much turn of the century up until he was murdered by the Nazis in uh, 34. Hmm. And uh, the songs Der Revolutzer, which it's funny because you listen to the song, you think, oh, it's about revolutionaries and all that. Well, Revolutzer is basically a derogatory slang for like an armchair revolutionary. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, that's what the song's all about. It was written in 1907 about the Social Democratic Party. And it's much the same today about you could say you know the democratic party you know and it's mm-hmm. it's just a rocking tune you know his original version is basically a folk poetry yeah. tune but slime just rips it sweet let's listen to it Ich höre es gefährlich vor. Er war ein Revolut. 
super young you know like maybe they weren't old enough to be in bands yet but that's when they got into hardcore like a lot of those kids are still straight edge but there's this like weird middle period yeah and there's like some really young kids who are straight edge now but there's like this weird middle period where there's just like not a lot of straight edge kids so you either have this like weird like super young or like yeah, super I'm, try- I'm trying to think like who was the last popular straight edge band like mindset maybe yeah, I but mean, like, like were well, they really straight edge? Or I don't you even crew? know. I don't even know because I feel like a lot of times, like I'm really, like I've, I'm kind of like weird on like the straight edge scene too because it's I've like I've kind of like I've always been more drawn to like more like political type music. So a lot of like the vegan straight edge bands, 
I'm like more interested in than so much like even like the mindsets or even like get, yeah. get the most. Like, I like those bands. I think they're good, but it's like less appealing to me because mm-hmm. it's not as like whatever. And also like I think like the idea of like singing a million times about being straight edge is just like super fucking corny. And, yeah. Like, I can't imagine. And I've been in a straight edge band too. So like I've yeah. like, but even then never was like writing a million songs about being straight edge. Like I, I was always like, it was like left wing. Still. Yeah. Like yeah. it's always been political. Like for me. It's you know, and like, and that, that definitely goes, goes further. I think in a, in a band's longevity and just what mm-hmm. they stand for. I love straight edge bands though. I feel yeah. like I've, I've always had a, um, kind of like a, or like I've totally understood the straight edge mindset because through music like this. Yeah. My girlfriend grew up in like the private Christian school yeah. type of environment. So she looks at straight edge and says like it's like no, it's like it's a she feels that it's like another mindset of like your repression. Yeah, you're holier than thou. Yeah. And I and I'm just like, oh, like Yeah, see I don't think that yeah. I always thought it was, you know, just an original backlash to and like we're ones to talk and we we drink and stuff, but straight edge I think in a lot of ways like showed me like to stay off drugs. Yeah. And I think yeah. I think it is a good it's a good thing to show you can be counterculture and at the same time be strong, not dumbed down. Yeah. You know, so I I don't find it really a cult, you know, kind of repressive. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I can understand that. It's it's also weird. I don't know if I want to record this or not, but like yeah. the the straight edge stuff is it's always interesting to me is that like I know I never feel like I'm repressed or like missing out. I think the thing about straight edge is really powerful is the idea that you don't have to do these things. Like and that's kind of always been the thing of like I feel like in our society is almost deemed that you don't have a choice not to drink or not yeah. to do drugs. Like you just you're just assumed they are gonna do that. So even when you when you tell people you don't drink, there's almost like this like shock of like oh you God. don't you don't actually drink. When you're yeah. an alcoholic? And it's like, like what do you like what do you can I drink around you? Um, yeah. like it's what like And it's really it's, so it's almost like weird. Like so I think being straight is oh kinda of the straight, idea. Straight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kinda of the idea yeah. that you can um that you can uh you just don't have to do these things. But there's also like I mean one of my favorite straight edge lyrics ever is um I mean I mean is um uh, you know um uh, an effective revolutionary through the clarity of mind that I've attained, which is Earth Crisis. Yeah. You know, and um, I also, like, and even my favorite straight-edge bands for, of all time are, like, I mean, like, Trial, uh, Man yeah. Lifting Banner, things like that, were always, like, super political on top. Like, they took, like, some of that Earth Crisis stuff and they just kind of took it to, like, the next level yeah. of being, like, more aware. But I think one of the things that's actually problematic about straight-edge, I think that's brought in, and I think this is kind of, like, when I was kind of, like, loops back to, like, this, like, liberal wokeness in hardcore today is that there's the idea and I think have heart I think even wrote a song about this but like and it's really it's corny as hell but it's really true is that um there's this idea that you can change yourself before you change the world around you or that like like making yourself a better person mm-hmm. is just going to magically make the world a better place and as like a revolutionary and as a political activist I can tell you that's actually bullshit like you <laughs> yes. can like you can actually spend all day. I think self improvement's like vastly important. I actually highly value it myself, and I think a lot of people probably do as well. But the reality is that like um, you're never gonna be perfect. You know what I mean? And even if you become like right now, one of the things that's kind of going off another tangent that's happening right now is I feel like sometimes, especially with anti-fascism, is that there are groups of people who are super invested in making themselves as anti-racist as they can be on like a personal level correct yeah like basically like ending all microaggressions they have so like at times you'll have 
you know, there'll be tabs off seen on the same weekend. Like literally there's an ant there's like Nazis marching in one place in a town. And somewhere else in that town, there's literally a workshop on like becoming like a better anti-racist. Why like literal Nazis are walking down the street. You know what I mean? So it's kind yeah. of like, okay, we should all work on being like less fucked up because it is a process and we all and that's legit, right? We should all work on being less fucked up individuals. At the same time, we have the knowledge that we're not gonna be perfect. And then also Sometimes there's times when like the wolves you got, are at your door. The wolves are at your door, and you actually yeah. need to focus on them mm-hmm. before working on being like perfect yourself. So as far as like straight edge goes, like I don't think just being everyone being straight edge is going to magically make the world no. a better place. Yeah. But I do think that being straight edge is a good starting point for some people. Um, and like I said too, a lot of the people who were straight edge, um, who ended up not being straight edge, you know, some people. Um, stayed like more politically aware but a lot of people it was kind of their their um first step into like <laughs> kind of becoming more normal and boring yes yeah <laughs> so awesome and, but there are people who i do know who were straight edge and are and actually became cooler and actually more radical people after they stopped being straight edge yeah. so like but i think for the most part it's actually been kind of like oh i'm just i'm kind of backsliding into like yeah. being like just kind of a boring normie yeah. <laughs> now um, get the yeah. dad shoes out. Exactly. Get <laughs> yeah. your new balances. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I. Yeah. Like I. I don't know what to think. Like, well, like I. I understand. Like, yeah, exactly what you said. Like, yeah, working on yourself isn't going to change the world. But I. I do always believe that like people should be working on themselves. Yeah. But I mean, like I mean, and that's that's not to contradict what you said. But I'm yeah. like, yeah. It's, so you got to do both. It is totally true. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes people want to do. It almost became this like weird cliche thing. To like basically like before we change the world we gotta change ourselves and it's just like yeah but you actually do have to go out and like change yeah. the world. Well, I mean, like, like look yeah. at the I mean, prison look, industrial yeah. complex will still be there no matter yeah. how woke you, you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like it's, look at look at what like the like the Proud Boys and stuff. They what they what they think Antifa are and they call them soy boys. Yeah, because a lot of us are vegetarian. Mm-hmm. We don't eat meat. The thing is, so like Instagram it's like, handle soy boy moon stomp. <laughs> yeah, in case you didn't know. But like, okay, like us, us not eating meat isn't changing them. They're looking at us like we're a bunch of pussies. Yeah. So it's just like it's like that. So yeah, in that instance, working on ourselves doesn't work shit on them. Yeah, totally. And and I think that's like, and I mean, like I said, they don't. I mean, fascists don't care if you're in a workshop trying to undo your own internalized racism yeah. they're still going to be organizing out on the streets with actual um, racism with actual racism <laughs> yeah and at the same time too though like i mean they don't have like they don't have like paid workshops to like teach you racism they'll teach you that shit for free you yes know what I mean? so yeah. that's a whole nother issue well that's what we've yeah. talked about too the right is a very welcoming community oh, yeah. where very, there's not yeah. much involved in it it's yeah. hate well, and no matter what else they say, it it's, is. It's, it's way more welcoming than the left. Yes, well, the like, left well, has. Well, are you this or are you that or are you an anarcho this or are you are you a communist or are you a tanky? Yeah. Are you a this or that and everything? It's where the right is. You know, it's like, hey, do you fucking hate somebody? You yeah. know. Or, well, I remember was it the stranger that did the article about one of the reporters infiltrated like the white power scene in Seattle? Yes. And it was like the guy, the intellectual white power yeah, scene. and the guy yeah. who's the guy who's running it, he pretty much wants people to like have kids. Go get tech jobs, be normal. But at the end of the and day, don't hire brown people. Yeah, exactly. Jobs. Yeah, don't hire brown. Like, get to higher management. Don't hire brown people. And then also, like, you're gonna have kids. You're gonna pick them up from school, and then you're gonna get a cake because it's Heinrich Himmler's birthday. Yeah. 
And so, like, me and Tyler thought about this, like, all right, like, what, I mean, I don't know, like, I don't want to give attention to that mindset, like, but what can we do just as normal people battle races? Like, like should should we just be celebrating our day and be like, oh, let's get cake because it's Martin Luther King Day? Yeah. And, like, I, I don't want it to sound cheesy, or but, but, like, yeah. but, like, we, America, or at least, like, I think maybe just, like, the mindset of being, uh anti-fascist maybe you should start celebrating those historical yeah arms. your heroes yeah you know? yeah and, and i think that is important because they're doing their job you know and they're doing yeah. in, in our modern age especially they're doing it well you know this isn't the the tattooed confederate hammer skin who's out there it's like these dudes really want you know to get out in the real workforce and in the real world yeah. and have a say over people's lives yeah. and they also have the, the the thing where they also have to like they have to, their ideas are are very are not acceptable in society so they have to keep theirs more hidden i think with being anti-fascist and stuff like that too there's this like we, we have this dual issue of like um you you don't necessarily want every fascist out there to know everything about you but at the same time like we should be proud to be anti-fascist and not feel like we have to like hide the fact that we're like a post-fascist. <laughs> so yeah. you have to kind of ba- like find some sort of you know like balancing well, act. There's a point in time we save the world. Yeah, and that's where people lose it. You know, it's, yeah. it's like it's like no, we defeated it. We saved the world. You know, and then people say, well, do you know Stalin killed more people than Hitler did? You know, yeah. and you get yeah. that kind of shit, and that's what you're up against and everything. And the answer should be. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and there's like a lot. I mean, there's a like definitely a lot to that conversation. And like a lot of times too, it's like, like I think there's some people who are probably critical of Stalin. Like I'm definitely critical of Stalin. But the reason that they're critical of Stalin isn't because how many people Stalin killed. It's it's how many Nazis Stalin killed. Absolutely. That's, that's the basis of their critique, yeah. which is a very different angle to, yeah. to like look at it from yeah. than basically like, you know, what he did to the Russian people, you know. Yeah. Uh, and his other role. communists in general. That's the that's the crazy thing about it. You know, it's it's yeah. not so much. Do you like? Do you have like? Do you have any like opinions about like what can, what should like mainstream families do who are totally against this alt right, and like proud boy patriot parent type of people? What do you what do you think they can do? Do you have an opinion on it? Yeah, I think. I mean, one of the things it's 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 actually definitely interesting too because I mean. The thing about anti-fascism, I feel like there's a lot of different roles for different people. I think a lot of people sometimes shy away from it because they think of it as just like street fighting um, yeah. Nazis. And I actually like think for like the most part, that's actually, you know, I think we all are probably aware that's like a pretty small um, aspect of the movement. And I think a lot of times, um, you know, when you're fighting in the streets is actually because you haven't been successful at the other things that you wanted to do before that you got to that point. Yeah. So like basically, you know, like getting them fired from work. Um, doing like doxing work. I know that like, um, for example, like, you know, I'm a part of, a co- you know, a couple anti-fascist groups. Um, obviously, Rash, uh, Red Anarchist Skinheads, and the IWWGDC, and like, both of those groups have been involved in like, um, doxing yeah. uh, white supremacists, getting them fired from jobs. I, you know, um, and that has a huge impact on them, even more so than getting punched in the face. Mm-hmm. Ideally, oh, yeah. getting like punched in the face and losing your job is a one-two combination. Yeah. That you're like, maybe this fucking life isn't for me, <laughs> you know. But um, you know, like, so that works important too, and also just like collecting intel on them um, in general. But I also think that just materially supporting the people who do go out and do anti-fascist work. The problem with a lot of a lot of times right now you have is that the, there's a lot of liberals who buy into the idea that. They should have their free speech or that like 
fighting them just gives them more publicity, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which is a really common like, which is a really common critique you hear of of that movement. But the the thing is, is that I feel like liberals and and I think and this sometimes means like the left too thought that you could ju- just ignore fascism and it'll go away. Like the only like, but now you're seeing fascists show up to like a Houston detention center encampments. Like they'll yeah. show up to your shit. They show up to things in Tacoma. Mm-hmm. They show up to things in Texas. They're showing up to like in Olympia. They were showing up to Black Lives Matter rallies and disrupting them. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things where like you can kind of do your own like anti-racist organizing that's not anti-fascism separately and ignore fascists, but they're not going to ignore you. No, it's that's a cancer. Kind of, and that's kind of the thing too. And they've already started that process of like, uh, I think a lot of people are pursuing their organizing. Like they think it's, and I like was someone who like fought in Iraq, came back, started doing anti-war organizing. Um, it's not the George Bush era anymore. Like for the most part, we didn't really think too much about right wing vigilantes attacking our shit no. during like whatever we were doing. Like mm-hmm. I was involved in like port blockades and like, yeah, some idiots would show up occasionally, but it was never like organized. And, and the most of them would just probably yell at you and just be like assholes. Yeah. But now it's like, if you're doing some shit, like fascists showing up to your event is like, a, is a thing. It's a thing now. So it's, it's weird that I think a lot of people acknowledge that, but they still are kind of wary on anti-fascism and what to do. Well, but, it goes back to history and they haven't read it. Yeah. And they don't yeah. know how this all plays out and where it starts from and where it ends. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the main deal. You know, it's, you're seeing it happen in real, you always hear, oh, never again. Yeah. You know, and you're seeing it happen in real time. Exactly mm-hmm. how it went. Yeah. You know, and yeah, you have to confront it fucking head on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, the next world war is either going to be against us or we're just going to be on the wrong side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, it's, it, it really isn't. And it's interesting, just you mentioned alt-right earlier, just how quickly times have changed and the lingo that's came around. It's like, I've known what the alt-right has been for fucking years. It's and fascist. all of a sudden, it's on your nightly news, you know, and... Antifa is on your nightly news. Donald and, Trump, like literally, I mean, like, you think about it, I mean, it's so fucking crazy the last surreal. couple it's years. It's Twilight Zone shit. How shit has gone. Because like, I've been doing anti-fascist work for a minute, like way before, like, not like way before, but like before the Trump, um, like, you know, came into office and, um, you know, and before the Trump election. And it was weird because it was like, you know, like that movement was made up of mostly like people kind of like affiliated with like anarchist scene, like the punk rock scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like fringy. To be now, like, the president of the United States yeah. is talking about Antifa, like, oh, on yeah. TV. You're like, holy fucking shit. And also that it's literally become a boogeyman mm-hmm. for, like, the right wing to the point where, like, like we were talking about this earlier, but, like, the Democratic Party is Antifa. <laughs> you know, like, everyone is Antifa. Everyone who's not down with Trump is Antifa now. Yeah. And, it, and, it's, and it's crazy. I mean, at some point, like, there's probably a lot of people who are anti-fascist because I think most people are but by and large anti-fascist yeah, yeah. but the idea that everyone's like blocking up and showing up to throw down with nazis is like hilarious but you were kind of talking earlier kind of going back to your question about what normal people can do in portland recently like you know you saw, you saw like over a thousand people show up to protest like you know um, a proud boy patriot prayer rally which is you know that's basically like uh, you know a front group for white nationalists oh, yeah. and um um, having a thousand people show up, even though it wasn't a thousand people in Black Block or, or but it was a thousand people saying we're we're not okay with you. And it made everyone safer. That's like the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Like if 
if you can get thousands of people on the streets, and you see when cities have thousands of people show up, either they don't show or they don't try to start shit. No. So one of the, sometimes I always tell people one of the most important things to do is just even if you're not planning on going somewhere to fight, but you can show up, is Numbers. show up. Because like I said too, it's like the more people that show up, the safer everyone is. Mm-hmm. And also like if you show up in huge numbers, it makes them not want to come out. And also the thing is too is like I think this current wave of fascism, like I don't know, I mean, in some ways it's fallen back. You've seen this kind of after Charlottesville, this wave of like really overt white nationalism kind of recede. But the the proud boy type movement, the kind of like that we're not racist, but we are kind of yeah. this, like, <laughs> kind of keep this like deniability. Yeah, we're we're yeah. like for Western chauvinism. So basically, like um, the West, meaning like Europe, uh, yeah, is yes. the best. Um, which is like like trying to play that that's not that's not white supremacy. Whatever they have a few like token um, people of color in the organization, which that they love. They are love, so mind fucked. They're so. Know, I mean, so... they're so mind fucked, but also they're loved. I mean, if you're if you if you are a person who is not white and you want to join those movements, they're going to roll out the red carpet for you. You know, like yes. probably, probably more, even more so than the left will. So it's kind of like, and I'd say more than the, yeah, with the proud boys and that type of stuff, you know, not so much when you get into like Jared Taylor and American yeah. Renaissance and yeah. these groups that have been around forever. Yeah. And now I've had this new lease on life with this alt-right deal. But yeah. yeah, like yeah, the the proud boys too, like they, they want, they want like the family suburban life, but they they were the first ones to uh, love the internment camps for for uh, oh, Mexicans yeah. coming over. And, I they, mean, and their simple excuse was like, well, you shouldn't have came over here illegally. Yeah. It's like, dude, that's there's so much to digest with that. But it's like, guys, that's that's a human life like you guys always say you care about. And that's a family that's being torn apart, which yeah. you always say you care about too. You're also an organization that's like 90, like 5% white dudes. Yeah. So like reality, like who are, you know. And honestly, too, I'll say, I'll say this. Fucking ugly white dudes. And just dude. fucking assholes, Holy dude. Shit. Like, I keep... The Proud Boys have also had a weird, if you notice, like, as far as, like, them being ugly, which I think is actually very true, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, definitely not as good looking as, like, Rash members, for example. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, like, and, you know, like, we look good in, in the in the Fred Perry polos. They don't really pull Holy, them off. Yeah, yeah they like, do they, not. They definitely don't. And also, too, like, a bulletproof vest, a baseball helmet, and a camelback doesn't complement a Fred Perry. <laughs> No, no they don't know. It's like you guys have no history of how to wear a Fred Perry. It's exactly. Like, so what the fuck this are a, you doing? Well, like, it's weird because when they first started, they were kind of like weird and kind of hipstery. Mm-hmm. Like, they were like the hipstery fashion. With the right? stashes and the whole. Yeah. You know. And now they've kind of become like the country bumpkin group now. Oh, yeah. So I think they've had to accept more people. So yeah. now it's like, all right, general Republican racist guy. Here's a Fred Perry <laughs> so triple X. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So now it's like this weird thing of like, the like the people who at least like appeared to be kind of hipstery like really aren't in that organization anymore. Like it's almost like a new wave of people who are basically just kind of like the backwoods like, you know, dude who just like lives. And if you look at where, I mean, we know where they live. I mean, like an example, yeah. if you want to, and that's how people listen to this, you can go on like Rose City Antifa's page, they have a zine and like I, a bunch of I links. fucking look forward to every time I get that notification yeah. of their doxing. I'm like, Has- <laughs> I'm hashtag dox your boy on yeah. Instagram yeah. and Twitter. But they, um, so you could, you could like find out where these guys live. And like the ones that like even live in the Seattle area, none of them live in Seattle. They all live in like Auburn, Federal Way, some live in Kent. Yeah, you know? I, know, so, I love that. <laughs> so like they're all like, they're all like, they're, they're not people who are, 
they're basically Possibly like some Marysville. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So they're all people that kind of live outside um, of like the big cities, and they just you know come here to like they just come to Seattle, Portland, sometimes Olympia, just to to cause problems. And I love that they live in Kent too, because it's like I can walk to like Fred Meyer. And I'm probably the only person of European origin around. Yeah. And yeah. I find that funny. And I'm like, where do you guys all fucking live in Kent? <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe out in Covington, if that's Kent, kind of. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> hey, and that's the thing, too. It's really weird. We were talking about earlier, too. But another fascist crew is like um, the um, the hammer skins that run Tack Town Tattoo in yep. Tacoma. Oh, yeah. They're in a neighborhood that's like super immigrant heavy oh yeah like mostly like because they're not like in like tacoma they're not in the city part yeah they're like the outskirts which is really fucking weird i know jason's yeah. always putting them on blast or tattoo buddy and yeah, yeah. they're those guys are pieces of shit yeah, yeah but you know, like, they're like hammer skin hanger-ons like supporters you know and uh, they're i look at the pictures of these guys yeah just a bunch of methed out you know just yeah pieces of and trash, also you know? and also speaking of like one of the things i was talking about this earlier too um uh, my one of my the, another teacher I used to work with, Nate Bowling, his own podcast called Nerd Farmer Podcast. It's actually pretty popular, I think. So I don't really need to give it a shout out. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Because if but he hears this and then wants to shout <laughs> this out, I'm cool. yeah, yeah, exactly. Shout this out, be, yeah, he definitely, he definitely has a bigger reach than this podcast probably does. But uh, he, um, but uh, you know, he was saying something earlier because the Tacoma News Tribune they've been covering the protests there, and they said like alleged neo-nazis at tack town tattoo and you're like who the fuck are these reporters they literally have 1488 like tattooed on their face and they're like oh they're alleged nazis i'm like once you have nazi face tattoos or if you just spent like five minutes googling that and you could tell that out like it's just this guy's shirt says holla hoax what does that mean (laughs) yeah Yeah. you know even even 10 years ago a face tattoo regardless of a politics was regardless of politics was called like your no job tattoo because you couldn't get a job after yeah Yeah. if you get a white supremacist (laughs) yeah on your face you're done. Yeah. And it's also, the, but the thing is, that's actually funny because this is like the Tacoma News Tribune who wrote this, right? And, you're like, and, you, and I'm sure like this, the Tacoma News Tribune is probably staffed by a lot of really nice like liberal folks. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Who are probably very anti-racist. Yeah. Yet at the same time, they can't I'm be bothered her. to actually yeah. condemn like white nationalism in their own fucking city yeah. because it's they don't want to like potentially like offend somebody yeah so yeah it's like god it, it's fucking awful but i mean that's the thing too that's why this like work is important and also just to like and i think what the, the, the folks are doing in tacoma there's like a group called uh uh tacoma against nazis that's been doing stuff that's like very different than i think like what you see a lot of other anti-fascist groups doing um uh, it's been really effective because like i think that they are they're reaching out to kind of like the everyday person to kind of like show up and like and like um, protest uh, against them um, in a way that like isn't so much like geared at like street conflict, yeah. you know, which I think is like really important because I think mm-hmm. that I mean I think there's lots of lots of roles for different people to do different things. Yeah, I feel it's funny when I see when I see groups like to to name them again like Proud Boys and Patriot Prayers people and you see these guys and you see him outspoken on the internet and thing is like i've known this type of guy for years and everyone dreaded this person coming around and now he pretty much has an internet community yes and then they finally like so it's like oh like i've known this guy on the internet now i don't have any friends this guy on the internet's now my best friend and we're gonna show up to a rally yeah you know like i've i've seen that type of behavior so many times i'm like god you 
fucking guys are intolerable. Oh, well, it's well, funny you talk about newspaper reporting because I wrote a letter to the Kent Reporter, which is just yeah. this little shit rag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm familiar. And they had a, uh, um, what was it? You know, poli- oh, yeah, police show up at large presence at pro life demonstration at the Kent Plan. Oh, Parenthood. I read that thing. And so I'm looking at it and I'm reading it. I'm like, I remember I was at the eye doctor and they're like, watch out. There's like, there's a big protest going on pro life. And I'm like, there's Planned Parenthood, there's always pro-life protests going on, you know. And it's like, not to minimize that, but I was like, well, what's the big fucking news? These people are, I used to work at Valley Medical Center doing construction. There's like the dead baby thing every day outside, you know. And so I'm reading this article and then it says, Joey Gibson of the pro-life group Patriot Prayer, you know. So I had to write him a fucking letter and be like, Here's an explanation why anti-fascists were at a pro-life rally. Yeah. You know, because they're just mentioning there were anti-fascists there to confront the pro-life group. And it shows either complete ignorance in their reporting yeah. or not wanting to state the yeah. facts. You know, it's like, yeah. no, this is a neo-Nazi group. Yeah. And that's yeah. why anti-fascists are there. Yeah. And there's also a thing, too, is like anti-fascists weren't doing anti-fascist work like during like, um, like, you know, they weren't showing up to like... Um, like George W. Bush rallies or something like no, that. Like it's like yeah. a very different thing. Like or confronting every Republican. It's like, that it's and also too like yeah like if I remember when um, UW was getting UW Republicans were getting Milo again like yeah. really uh, not that long ago or yeah. maybe maybe it was something else. But I was like I think I even talked to you about this. It's like if they would have even gone for Dino Rossi, which is yeah. this <laughs> which is this state's most famous dipshit Republican. Yeah. Antifa probably wouldn't be there. Yeah, there's a lot of like Republican idiot, like like right wing idiots that could show up, and probably Antifa is not going to show yeah. up. Even though other people might show up. Just does their views assholes. play into fascism? Absolutely. Yes, yeah. it's yes. the origin point for alt right groups to begin yeah. with. Yeah, because I, I was thinking this the other day, like for example, like Dinesh D'Souza oh, spoke at fuck. UW, right? And he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. Before and like I don't think there was an Antifa presence to that, but you could also argue that like. What's the really... Is there that much of a step between, like, Dinesh D'Souza and Milo? Like, I don't know. No, it's, like, no. a pretty and small And I think that's a, that's a liberal... The thing of neoliberalism is Dinesh D'Souza doesn't look like a white supremacist. Yeah. You know, because he's Indian. It's like, no, I yeah. don't care what fucking color you are. Yeah. Man, fuck you. Well, he's, like... I mean, if you, you guys don't know about his, his belief, he's basically kind of yeah. one of those people who believes that, like, you know, Asian and white people... He basically is Asian and white people are. It's superior. the Aryan Brotherhood, which yeah. is like, yeah. which not the prison gang, but the old <laughs> idea that the Aryan race and India yeah. and all this are somehow in the same thing. It's like Dinesh D'Souza, you're fucking brown, dude. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the hammer skin with hair and bulk on his neck, yeah, isn't going to care about you, Dinesh D'Souza. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He's like, I mean, that's the thing. and also he tries. He basically goes and says racist stuff in every way possible than to not say he's racist. He just says like, "Wow, it just seems like you know white Asian people just perform better on tests because of yeah, because we're all fucking rich." Uh, one like, thing, yeah. one thing, me and Tyler talk about, which I, I want to get your opinion on, because you you actually went to Evergreen and yeah, I know there's a in that movement, and especially Joey Gibson has said about this. He thinks like America is getting soft, and he believes in this like puss. Pussification. Pussification yes. of males. His yeah. word's yeah. not yours. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Pussification of of males in America. And I yeah. I I do not the demonization of the exactly. heterosexual and like, white and male. Me yeah. that's that's not true. 
yeah. at all. And it never has been. It's never. And you brought up a good point that you said, like, it even in the sixth. Well, well, what it time, is is they yeah. look and he goes, look at all these. This is what Republicans say from day one, you know, comparing the working men to the look at these Ivy League, you know, soft handed this and that and this and that. Well, I hate to break it to you guys. Every city man from the 16, 1700s onward would have been considered the same thing. You know, liberal, bourgeoisie, whatever, whatever yeah. have you. You know, so there is no agenda in pussification of the American male. Yeah. You know, it's it's looking at, it's trying to demonize, you know, either One, I feel the like educated. They're, they're, and they're seeing what they want to see to be angry. Yeah. But you, so you, but you went to Evergreen. Is, mm-hmm. I... At least in my head, I don't believe Evergreen is this this socialist playground that the news makes it out to be. No, and it's I mean, ever this is you open up a huge can of worms because I only went to Evergreen, but I went to Evergreen and got two degrees. I got my uh, bachelor's and my master's in teaching there. Oh yeah. So I spent a lot, of, and I worked for Evergreen afterwards. Oh yeah. So like I spent a lot of time at Evergreen, and Evergreen is um, I I learned a shit ton of there. My like, I definitely probably wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for Evergreen. I think that's like mostly like a, a net positive. At the same time, Evergreen in itself can be can be has like we talk about like problems on the left. Evergreen's kind of like a a very prime example uh-huh. of those problems yeah. of like. Um, and I'm trying to think of how to get kind of get into it. When I first got struggling with Evergreen, I would just got out of the military. Right, I'd been back from Iraq for about a year. Um, and uh, actually, I was a, still a reservist at the time. So actually, I was yep. a reservist soldier at the time. I was active duty. My long story short, I joined the army, went to Iraq, became super, you know, opposed to the war. Um, was supposed to get out, but they basically told me they were going to call me right back in on stop loss at the time. So the way to kind of get out of being called back in is you could join the reserves, and they'd have two years where they couldn't call you in. Like you basically have two years. Like part of your deal for joining the reserves is you have two years where they couldn't deploy you. And I was thinking, the Iraq War, super unpopular. It'll be over two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not true. So what happened? So, so anyway, <laughs> the Iraq War is like, I think there's still soldiers there. So <laughs> It never will stop. It never dude. will stop. And yeah. Afghanistan has been going on even longer. Yeah. And, and, and with even more soldiers there. So yeah. like that's the never-ending war. But people are kind of cool with that now. That's a whole other conversation. Though. Yeah. So let's get back to Evergreen. So, um, and, uh, so basically, I'm still reservist, right? I just got the military. I go to Evergreen. I'm starting to take more political economy classes and like run into like more like radical people. I'd already started reading um, like leftist literature and stuff when I was in the army. I literally I was telling someone a story the other day when I was in my advanced individual training in the army, which is basically like my first year in the military. Somehow I don't remember who gave it to me or how I came across it, but like literally a crime think. I remember reading a crime think book in my barracks room. Like somehow Crime Think, which is like wonderful, great, sometimes like kind of silly anarchist publication, you know, like I think most serious anarchists kind of like brush off Crime Think, but they've actually gotten a lot better over the years. And now I think actually probably really cool shit. But the one thing you can't knock about them is that their fucking reach, like their shit gets everywhere. I've seen mm-hmm. students of mine with like Crime Think stuff that I definitely yeah. did not give them. So, uh-huh. like, over the years. So, you know what I mean? So, like, Crime Think has a, has a weird way of getting into things, which I totally mm-hmm. admire. So, somehow, I'm the whole, I'm reading this, like, Crime Think book, like, one year, one in the Army, being like, oh, this makes a lot of sense to me. And like, you know, I'm just doing the Army, was, like, patriotic, and I'm like, yeah, it's anarchist shit. Like, like <laughs> yeah, it makes yeah. a lot of sense yeah. to me. But anyway, was well, still, though, wasn't super politically woke yet, but my experience in Iraq kind of got me that way. 
go to Evergreen. Um, being fresh out of the army, obviously, like I was like not perfect as far as like being like um, as far as like dealing with like you know issues around like um, like sexism and like you know basically like, I didn't know the social norms of like like left wing subculture, right? Mm-hmm. The thing about if you join the left is that there's a lot of we like to most normal people there's a lot of like really crazy social norms that the regular guy on the street just w- does not know and does not get. And sometimes if you join the left and you don't know they're like the like the right rules or the right things to say, like yeah. you could be really kind of like pushed out right away. Mm-hmm. I feel like the time period that I joined I went to Evergreen is and maybe it was just me, but I was allowed to like fuck up and make mistakes. And people would kind of like correct me, but yeah. like I was never like pushed out, yeah, right? Yeah. So so it was like good, you know, in the way, way that like I could like fuck up, I could make mistakes, and people kind of like, like, like basically kept pushing me politically. And I think that and and for me, I kind of idealistically assumed that's how it was going to be forever and ever and ever. <laughs> and I kind of like the more I kind of like see it now is like that's actually not the case, and yeah. especially at a place like Evergreen where you're really like. By the time I was at Evergreen, I started to see that weird shift in the scene where things went away from being um, super um, accepting to the point where, like, it became actually the way to prove that you were, like, a down-ass revolutionary wasn't necessarily to be a really good organizer or, like, just, you know, like, basically, it didn't matter what you did. It was, like, how badly, how well you called out other people yeah. for like their mistakes and imperfections that was kind of like the weird way to like get some like street cred and was yeah. this like was this a common thing or was this just a few people being loud it was it became kind of a common thing i think what happened at evergreen in particular was that evergreen got a lot of notoriety because of like the olympia port blockades so olympia became a place that people would come to to like if you were like a kid on the east coast and you wanted to do political shit like you moved to Olympia, yeah, and it basically once it became an activist hot spot, like it always, it's always had that subculture. Yeah, and it I feel, kind of. I feel state capitals have that in general. Yeah, but totally. Definitely here in Washington. Def- mm-hmm. Definitely, it's Portland. Yeah, Olympia. and it's or Portland. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Olympia. Olympia. But the um, so I think once it became an activist hot spot, you had like a lot, large batch of new kids coming, in. and obviously this isn't everybody, and this is, and probably even a minority, I would say, of people. But it became a thing. So, like, we went from this stage in Olympia where we were doing, like, really great anti-war work, anti-capitalist work, to a point where, like, it literally became, every meeting became kind of, like, an internal critique of, like, ourselves and our actions and our own, like, internalized, like, anti-racism and anti-sexism or whatever. And we didn't really, we kind of, like, for almost, like, I feel like for two years, like, we just kind of went to it. It just killed all momentum of, like, doing any actual organizing. And some of those, like, conversations, I think, needed to happen. But greater organizing needed to take place. Um, by the time I'm in grad school, I was like kind of busier, so I was still going to things, but I was involved. And um, but by the time I was an employee there, I had seen like, oh, this is like really took in a really weird turn uh-huh. to the point where like um, class consciousness isn't really a thing anymore. No. It's basically like. So like class is not discussed. It's it's kind of the, the pendulum's like really swung towards and that like sucks issues. because that's the most important thing. Generally, it's where it all starts. Where all your evils yeah. you want to address, be it yeah. sexism, racism, it all starts. Yeah, class, it all starts there. And I think it, it became like really focused on um, identity politics. And identity politics is actually super important though because obviously people like workers experiences with like you know is like the a working class person. Um, not all working class people are the same, right? Like if you're 
a white oh, working yeah. class experience versus a black working class person's experiences are very different. And, and we can go down every different identity grouping yeah. and like that, and that's, and that's very valid. But what happened is it became more about like who's like the most oppressed person in the room and who, who gets to like call shots. Like we jokingly refer to as like the oppression Olympics. And that would be like, <laughs> and it would be like, and it was just wasn't effective organizing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was just, it was kind of became like almost like, like kind of like silly, you know, because people really couldn't, we couldn't really have conversations. We couldn't really organize, um, uh, very effectively. And there's like still like in that rant, I mean, there's still like, you know, there's still some like cool things happening. There's still rad people doing things, but it just, it became like more of a thing that like, you knew when you were doing something cool, this was going to be something you were going to have to deal with. You know, at one point it was going to be like internal dynamics. Now, the, the problem with, like, how the left... And this is just not just Evergreen. I, I assume this... What I've heard from other people around the country, like, this is pretty common. Like, I feel like, like Evergreen is just one central microcosm yeah. of what's going well, on. Well, I think we... Yeah. I mean, I brought up Evergreen because that's what we always hear about. Yeah. In the Evergreen, I feel, is, like, a little bit more extreme than other places. But, like, it's definitely um, not... It, it's... You know, but I feel like those, like, similar things happen in other places. The... And, and the thing is that issues of, like, you know, of, like... Because I, I think sometimes there's this weird thing when you have this discussion about this, especially on issues around like identity politics. There's some people who just hate it so much they think it should just be completely tossed out the window and just not relevant. And and I'm like, well, it's not definitely that. it's a trigger word. Now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm definitely not that person, so it's really hard to have these conversations. And I'm sure like people hearing this might be like, is is, is Josh saying like yeah, toss out the window? No, not saying that. Yeah. Not arguing that. It's still super important. But what ended up happening, um, I'm trying, trying to click my thoughts again. Is that um, basically um, uh, the light? The, okay, this was I say the right wing in this country, for example. Like it's really easy to join. It's not sectarian. It's not sectarian. So like basically they're not having these issues and arguments. And for example, like you can like fuck up, and those they're gonna like they're still gonna welcome you. And for example, like you know there's like a joke meme about like oh it's not my job to educate you, whereas like a Nazi's like hey I'll tell you all the fucked up race facts you ever wanted I'll to give hear. You a- I'll give yeah. you a pamphlet. You yeah. can share it with your friends. I've got some literature you should read. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, it's, I'll totally educate you and tell you everything you need to know. So there's kind of this like weird, like there's a weird culture on the left that makes it really, that makes organizing much more difficult. But sometimes it's also weird. It's not really the left. It's kind of like more like lib- people who think they're left, but they're morally like mostly liberals. Well, that's like, what we were talking last time. Yeah. Liberalism is not left. Yeah. You know, and the I roots think of liberalism from this, I don't know, but 17th it, century yeah. onward are not left. But you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's funny. I mean, me and me and Tyler are both working dudes. We work in a in a labor. We both work in labor fields. You know, Tyler's Tyler's a little more mach, machismo than me. <laughs> you know, he has a truck. He has to make sure that he works out a certain certain amount of days. You like to dip. Yeah, you like to dip. But like, I mean, we're 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 very. I want to go to the gym tonight, but I'm probably not going to make it. Honestly, like, yeah. so that's okay. Yeah, I mean, we are it's getting fine. late, so we'll that's probably okay. wrap it up soon. But. You know, like we're we're very radically left guys, and we're if you were to see us on the street, you would you probably wouldn't say we're the pussification you're talking about. No, you know, and like and I'm sorry, like I feel like there's a lot of people like us, and they're just refusing to look at it. Well, yeah. it, do, it doesn't fit what they're trying to present. Yeah. yeah, they want to present this, you know, holier than thou, 
you know, basically modern day hippie. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a liberal. And honestly, like, yeah, yeah, like, but like, how many, like, how many years did Joy Gibson spend in the military? Like, how many years did Donald Trump? Like, yeah. all these like alpha yeah. males they tried to present are not like no. they're not people who like spent time in the army or military no. or doing anything for their country or patriotic. It's like yeah. literally all just like a yeah. fucking illusion. Like, well, we, like, and like you, it's just and, hate, we, and we got a, we got a friend from Portland. Like, they're you guys are both you know, radically left and you guys served in the military. Yeah. And they just can't comprehend. There are like, I've been to so many demos recently where we have joked that, cause I'll, I know people and I'm obviously not going to name people, but like yeah, yeah. there are more veterans on, there are way more veterans on the anti-fascist side than there are on the Patriot side. So what do you, and it's like, a do weird, they well, look at the, do they know that? Do, the you, military. do they, yeah, they do don't know that. And that's actually been something that's been kind of discussed with some veteran friends is that maybe we should make that more apparent. Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird because like, you know, um, I, you know, I was just hanging out with another like left wing, uh, Marine Corps veteran earlier today. That's what was hanging out with at the Puyallup Fair because he lives in, in Tacoma. Um, but like, yeah, like we were talking about this too. It's like, we should let them know that like we're, anti-fascist and yeah. we're veterans because they they have an opinion that antifa is so against you know or that the only veterans are chris kyle yeah exactly you know that <laughs> that's literally what they try and present you know not the multitudes of you know veterans are the mo- probably the most diverse group of people yeah. yeah you know and they don't even want to show you the amount of black and brown people that are in yeah. the military you know you just get the the go yep yeah, my country yeah yeah no, it's like it's 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 really interesting, but I mean like, but what, kind of going back to Evergreen though, I think sometimes one thing that actually I think helps the the alt right isn't so much that their ideas are so good, it's that the left wing is really bad at selling their ideas, and I think the left wing is really bad at selling their ideas to the average like working class, like guy on the street. And I think that's kind of a problem that like needs to be addressed. I think they lost that pre-1960s, you know, because you look at the how the left used to be and it was it was something that was feared, you know, as, as the yeah. right was. You know, these yeah. were badass working guys, you know, who would confront people in the street, you know, and it turned, I think the 1960s shifted into this social liberalism rather than radical activism. And there's yeah. a, and also and also you can also talk about the nineteen sixties and about the impact that labor unions actually had mm-hmm. at in a in a yeah. counter revolutionary aspect. Yep. Absolutely. Of like I mean like there were like labor unions who like legitimately sent members out to break up anti Vietnam war demonstrations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so you have like And they union... purged all the commies out yeah. in probably what forties or so. Yeah. And... So yeah. I mean you get you have this like weird thing of too of like I mean it's actually interesting now because now I feel like a lot of a lot of labor dudes are pretty like left wing, at least the ones I know. And maybe it's because I'm a teacher too, so I could be biased. Yeah, um, I mean it's it's sure not where I work. Yeah, <laughs> no, totally. and I have a little bit. Yeah. It might be a little bit better and where I work, but no, the the right's done a good job through yeah. the decades. Well, like so, like yeah. I mean, I, I share I shared this on on the group that we contribute to, but like we just it was just came down in our workshop that uh, starting. First to next year, we're going to start paying into the fair, the shared family leave act. Yeah. Which, at a maximum, you're paying into about two hundred bucks a year. Sounds yeah. awful lot and like socialism. Yeah, and yeah. what and what this what my my guys are pissed about. They're saying like that's bullshit. One, I can't even use it for the first year. So we have a couple guys retiring early. Yeah. And then two, they're like, you have to use up all your sick leave before you can even take that. Mm-hmm. And then it just pays you a fraction. Like, I don't want to pay into it, too, because I don't have any kids. 
because it was marketed as like a parental leave act. Yeah. And it's pretty much like you're paid FMLA. And I was yeah. explaining to a guy, I'm like, listen, we have excellent sick leave here. Mm-hmm. Like we're not, we're probably not the people who are ever going to use this. This is for people in Washington state that do not have any leave whatsoever. Government jobs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. like in like pe- people that work in the, the uh, public sector in a place like Washington need to realize that like, you practically have a socialist job working for oh, yeah. our state. Totally. You know, but I mean, a lot of the dudes I work with do not think that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They think they are the hardest working, that they... You know, they cut their, their teeth on the grindstone. Absolutely. And people are shocked when I tell them. I was telling the temp the other day. I was like, this is more of a socialist existence at work, man. And he kind of, and he, he looked at me for a second. He's like, oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like, no, it is. By that, I don't mean I don't mean lazy and I don't mean handouts. But I mean, no, you're not. It's fair. Well, yeah, and there's a, there's a thing on the, on the right wing spectrum that like anything taken out of my paycheck is theft. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's. Because it's not fucking true. Get yeah. over, get over it, and then also like, yeah, most of you guys are like, you know, right wing Christians. Be a Christian then, and you know, support Actually your support. your fucking dude. But, yeah. Um, I oh. mean, we are kind of getting late. Dude, there's videos that talk about how prove, proving that Jesus was a capitalist. So there's something for everybody. That's true. There's something for everybody. Any good argument, there's yeah. another one. Yeah. But yeah. we can lead out on your. Le Petit song. Yeah. It's like our pe- the but just Petit. Petit. We yeah. listen and to too much French stuff. I know. Like, like exactly. Le Petit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, then, and then I'll I'll end it with an Empire Justice song, Tear It Down. Yeah. Do you want to you want to talk about any of that? Yeah. So it? um I I think I mentioned earlier, but I think Petit's like one of those amazing bands in Portland that you people should definitely check out. Um and then Tear It Down is was really um. It's it basically that's just a it's a very simple straightforward anti-fascist song. Um, when um, it's also weird because it came together super quickly. At at one point, it was one of the first songs we wrote, and uh, it had a very like oi like like melodic rift. It was very different than anything I've ever done before. And I wrote some lyrics it really quickly. Kind of looked at it, I was like, oh, these are kind of fucking stupid. Because they were like super like straightforward. Yeah, yeah. Not like they were dumb. They were just like there. Well, there's really, no imagery with it. There's no yeah, imagery. Yeah. It's like super like straightforward like oi song, which is very different than some of the stuff I wrote in like other hardcore bands. But I was also like, you know, this is kind of what we're going for. Yeah. And then like went in, like practiced it once, and like basically it was like perfect, yeah, like the first yeah, time. Yeah. I, I love didn't need the, to change I it. I love the chorus of it. Of, like, yeah. I don't want to wait four more years. Oh yeah. yeah and yeah. and also like the in the lyrics about that song too, just what's about is that it was literally I was like writing that song right after election night, and like so the first lyric is like great night by the way, which is yeah. <laughs> well, the first song is like lyric is like hanging at a bar, and what happened was that Trump was elected, and some people were like, oh, we're hanging out at a bar, like let's go kick it some like left wing friends of mine. So I went to a bar and hung out with them. Obviously, I don't drink, but um, I always thought that was going to be weird because, like, our, our straight-age kids who know me are going to be like, Is he, does he drink now? But yeah. no. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and, and the idea was that um, I feel like a lot of people put a lot of weight in electoral politics. And, yes. I, and I'm not, like, I, I'm not actually necessarily anti-voting. I just don't think voting is necessarily the most effective, like, mode of organizing. I yeah. think sometimes, like, you know, voting can have a, a slight impact on, like, yeah. people's, like... The thing is that, like, realistically, like, the, the this anarchist communist revolution probably isn't going to happen tomorrow. So materialistically, like, there, there are, <laughs> I hope so, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. But, like, and, and honestly, with Trump being president, anything's like, fucking possible. Yeah. But, um, but. Oh, a text, V.I. Lenin. Can, no. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, but like the, the, what up, the yeah, the idea is that basically um, we need to organize in the, in the meantime. And also I could already see this like weird, I've been around long enough that I've seen this like cycle, right? Happen where like George W. Bush is like so terrible. And then in four years, they're going to bring up another just like wishy-washy neoliberal like Obama. Yeah. And then it's going to be like, everyone's going to be like, oh, it's going to be so great. He's going to bring us, yeah. he's going to bring us like the I change mean, un- we need. Yeah. And Unfor- I, unfortunately, Democrats cannot find someone right now. Well, they these are two not political doing- parties paved the way. Just like we said, economics and working class is so essential to the rise yeah. of fascism yeah. that we have here. I mean, Trump had the, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party are equally culpable for creating this. Yeah. Just as World oh, War yeah. One conditions yeah. and the Weimar Republic created that. I mean, the you Republicans know, allowed, like, Republicans allowed the Tea Party and every dog-whistling racist, yeah. like, a chance to shine and mm-hmm. basically, like, because they needed their support. They, like, they needed to get the support of every, like, you know, idiot racist they could find. So they kind of were, like, kind of played into that 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 thought to the point where Donald Trump was able to get elected. And for the record, like, the Republicans did not want Donald Trump. Like, that was not what they were aiming for. No, they lost control. They lost control. And honestly, unlike the Democrats, the Republican Party was actually more Democratic than the Democrats' nominating process was. So it allowed someone like Trump to take hold. That's that's Whereas, like, which is, like... Good fucking point. Which is why Bernie... That's my... Yeah. That's... Which is why Bernie Sanders, for example, like, you know, like, you can argue maybe he wouldn't have won without... He was still wouldn't have won without superdelegates, but... From day one, the well, superdelegate votes were counted as against him, so he's always presented as like someone who well, he's never. Not... He, well, and even too, like all all the all the Democratic caucuses for the for the West Coast, which he was more popular in, yeah, were all towards the end, and he never had that momentum. Yeah, because if he would have just had momentum early on, people would be like, okay, we can do this. Yeah, like, I will vote for him. I mean, it's one of those things too. If you're looking at towards the end of the thing, you're thinking like, if this if this if this election campaign went another month later. Bernie Sanders wins the nomination. Like oh, yeah. Hillary Clinton's basically like running out the, the clock. And I think you mentioned this before. I mean, it sounds bizarre as fuck to some people, but like there are people who were like who would have been down with Bernie Sanders who were not down with Hillary and voted for Trump. Yeah. And that's like it makes no fucking sense. And it's that ultra ignorant side minus fanatical racism. Which I know a few people like that where it's Yeah. Listening to Bernie you go, I can get behind that. <laughs> that seems fair. Yeah. You know, but I just don't like crooked Hillary. Well, it's, like, yeah. it's kind of that you weird know. thing. It's like that Fred Hampton quote where like you don't you don't fight um you don't fight racism with racism, you fight like racism with, with solidarity and socialism, I think is the other part too. Mm-hmm. But Bernie Sanders presenting this more like democratic water you know, like obviously it's like watered down democratic socialism. Well, people say yeah, it, it's, he's, but, all it is is for the first time in America, he's a social democrat. Yeah. You yeah. know, which Europe is known for ever. Yeah. You so, know? But at the same time too, in America, that was like a radical oh, absolutely. Yeah. direction. Yeah. And like I said before too, like, I, you know, I would love to like go fight fascist and, um, or whatever. And if, if God forbid some, I get hurt or something like when I go to the hospital, my medical care is covered. Yeah. Like that is the, that yeah. would be like the uh-huh. American yeah. fucking dream. If like someone like I like I know a friend who was shot, uh, protesting against fascism. Like if his medical bill was covered, that would even that would be a fucking great start. Mm-hmm. Even though we'd still yeah, have a victory. Because even if Bernie Sanders was elected, we'd still be out there protesting, doing shit. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, but, it also. Too, and can like, you imagine what a socialist yeah. Jew in office would do to these yeah. guys? Oh yeah. Oh my God. They well, died. even you know, even with Hillary losing, which I wouldn't have been happy with Hillary, but we were talking earlier. I'm not sure if it was recorded or not, but we were talking about the Janus decision. Yeah. Happened. 
that wouldn't have happened if Hillary was elected. I don't know about that. I mean, it might have well, happened. Well, because, well, she... But, yeah, well, actually, she, yeah, I think it would, that definitely shifted the balance. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I'd be glad to fight the... Rev- that's the thing. I loathe Hillary Clinton. But, but not enough to allow Donald Trump to win. And I'd gladly still be organizing and trying to fight the revolution with her in there and getting her ass out, even if I cast her to vote for her. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's one of those weird things you have to ask yourself, too. Would white nationalism in America be where it is right now if Hillary Clinton would have won? And that's... I, that's well, I... I would like to hope so. Obviously, we we can't we can't know. Like, yeah, we, we don't ever know. Yeah, Trump I mean, has helped a lot because yeah. the Trump the Trump campaign was kind of like the launching pad for that movement. Yes, and whether Trump won or lost, it might have still just kept moving on in general. But like I said too, like the the fight against Trump is very different than the fight against Hillary Clinton. Absolutely. But at the same time, though, too, though a lot of liberals, though, when like their boy or woman or whoever like is in office, like. They basically like stop fighting, you know. They pretty much just like pack yeah, up and leave, you know. And that's kind of like, and that's like, and that's the DNC. And look what they did to Keith Ellison. You know? I mean, you yeah, know, it's, you could have change there. It's like, did you know Farrakhan? I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no anti-war movement anymore. Mm-mm. You know, we've been at at war with Afghanistan for like, a, you know, how long? We're at this going point? on twenty almost. Yeah, yeah. And, exactly. And the thing is, is that because Obama normalized war you know what i mean like he had a chance to kind of to really radically change things but like he basically made like the never-ending war kind of societal acceptable thing so now like you know like my other friend you know he does a podcast called um eyes left which is like an anti-war veteran podcast it's really good but they had a thing where they um they were talking about this there was a briefing at the white house about the war in afghanistan and there were two reporters in the room like you know what i mean like it's not even like People don't even care. No, about it's not the news. Yeah. Working in a you know a government job, occasionally you get the thing. Governor Inslee is deeply saddened by the loss of you know said servicemen. Yeah. And then we go lower the flags, and that's all you hear about it. Yeah. It's done. You know. Uh, back on back on music a little more. How did in Empire Justice? How did how did that band come about? That band came about actually really interesting. So um, basically, shadow boxing kind of petered out. Um, Mike kind of like uh, was doing stuff with Wake of Humanity. Um, Tony um, from our band, uh, he was actually in the OI band Die Trying from Miami. They were on a couple of OI comps. I think yeah. they put some records and stuff. Um, really great band. Definitely should people should check them out. I think they even when Tony's in town, they even occasionally play shows in Miami still, which is awesome. fucking awesome. But um, they uh, he moved here from Miami to the Northwest. He was at a party actually with Chris from Wake of Humanity. Yeah. Actually. And he was like talking about like, oh, I want to start like an oi band. And he was like, oh, I have this friend, like Josh, who's like really into that sort of shit. Which is and like you should you two should totally hang out. So we hung out and met up. And this is kind of a weird thing because I feel like a lot of people like like knew that like they know me as like a hardcore person. They don't think they like a lot of people didn't really don't really like did probably back then didn't realize that like, oh, Josh on the side is like obsessed with like oh music yeah, uh-huh. and stuff like that too. And also I think that and obviously like maybe, you know, like and also like, you know, um obviously the fashion aspect they're like, yeah, he, he definitely likes he definitely listens to some skinhead music other than other than the Chromax. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like in, in Warzone or whatever. Yeah. But like the uh so we met up and like hit it off really well. Um and then we basically started like doing music like writing music and um eventually we had some other people in the band they didn't work out someone actually moved back to south america so 
Diego, um, who was in that band Division. Also, great local band that uh, that also writes amazing songs too. That should be way more popular than they uh-huh. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we so we got we ended up getting Andrew, who was in Not Sorry, kind of the youth crew band, um, and he was in shadow boxing with me. And then Matt, who you know um, is now sings for Will to Power, which is another great band, but was in like. Crooked Christ and spent some time in Safe and Sound, um, you know, uh, and basically, so yeah. You guys got a good resume. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like yeah. the the who's who of. Yeah, yeah, he's like so. There's been some people who've like been, I don't, and I don't know. So like some people have been in a lot of hardcore bands, but really me. But that was actually interesting because he wrote that that song, and you know, he like as far as I know, he's never like written like oi music before. But I, I, old old friend of mine told me that Matt's a street punk at heart. Like, yeah, yeah. like he's he's like he he might be singing for like a beatdown band, but in reality he's just he's just he's into street punk. Uh-huh. So like he he knows he knows how to do it. And since we've been in a band, I'm like, yeah, you're, you're <laughs> fucking. You can front like you're like writing mosh yeah, or something. But the I time. know. Yeah. But I know secretly like you love oxymoron. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's yeah. and that's okay and that's dope as fuck. So um, we we did that too. And I think it's 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 also interesting too because um, I think because a lot of us came from like doing mostly hardcore, we actually put more deliberate thought into writing songs that had more choruses and like, or actually like were actual songs rather yeah. than just like songs. Cause a lot of hardcore bands write songs with like cool parts, uh-huh. not necessarily like really good songs. Well, my, so, you know. my, yeah. fa- my favorite hardcore setup is it goes verse, chorus, verse, chorus, breakdown in the song. Yeah. That's, that's breakdown tight. at the end that's is the great. best. Cause yeah. you're and just even, going even, even in Empire Justice songs, like there's like, there's like kind of like moshy, like parts too because like I think a lot of times we were like how do you, how else do you end a song you know yeah, because like yeah. we didn't really like even the noise on we're like well this, this should be like a slowed down slowed down <laughs> part at the end because that's how you end songs right because it's like so much of like because the old white bands yeah it's just the chorus and you know I'm thinking of four scenes well, actually, the foreskins are great, too, because, like, I mean, I love, we all love foreskins. You know this earlier, but there's a lot of foreskin songs where you could sing lyrics to other foreskin songs. Oh, like, absolutely. Like, over top of, oh, yeah, over top of them. I and think, like, like, when we were first starting to try to play Oi and cover the foreskin. It was always foreskin. five more years well, when my we were, favorite. And we were like, it was we were like, betrayed. I don't know, but we were just like evil this or song, ACAB are yeah. very similar. It's oh, like yeah, this song yeah. is just backwards of that last. I've always before. loved Fistful of Foreskin, so that's my jam, and it's like everyone's least favorite Foreskin. That's my favorite. Too. I think it's the best. I think it's I just, best Roy one. Pierce's voice is like, "Oh, wants to work? We got cash ain't dead." Yeah, yeah. Oh, wants to get? Well, I, I think maybe maybe we're the few people in this room who actually believe that was the best. It was, so yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, for sure, and like yeah, it, it's kind of like seeing with Gary Hodges and like yeah, I mean those songs are great, but like no, I saw that. Reality. I was like, you're fucking doing the four scenes for me, you motherfucker. I'm like, no, it's true. It definitely like, like I I think it's funny, but there are this is probably a whole other tangent conversation, but bands that who've whose later works actually ruined their old stuff. Yeah, four scenes with those bands too. Yes, and I think even controversial controversial opinion, bad brains, bad brains like we later albums and last and live sets kind of ruined their legacy in a lot of ways yeah. and I think it's I fucked mean, up because that's, yeah. that's probably the most important band yeah. in hardcore oh yeah 
Well, one of my friends was saying that like he like he loved loved the Bad Brains, and they played. I think they played like Sasquatch one year. Yeah. And so he was. This was 07, dude. Yeah, yeah. and he was yeah, I almost that. went to and that. He was and fucking looking forward to it. He's like, I've seen old videos. It gets fucking just rowdy. He saw it, and it's just there's like, no more HR backflips, dude. It's, yeah, and it was like it was pe- it was people probably like ver- on like the the tipping point of the kombucha phase wearing Birkenstocks and like, oh I've heard this band before. Yeah. And like he said he was just let down and miserable. I'm just like, don't meet your idols, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I actually saw them play Bad Brains play a set at Afropunk with John Joseph singing and the singer from Living Color, um, Merce, the, like the rapper, and a bunch of basically a bunch of guest vocalists do Bad Brains songs and it was fucking incredible. Because it would that. be because HR I think is what Kind of did that. They're genuine. If psychopath. you listen to their albums, like and see them live, like the new albums, riffs fucking great. You see them live, the playing for the musicians still on point. No. Like they're not. Like, those guys are jazz music. Those guys are fucking killer. Yeah. You know, no yeah. one can do a punk song like that. I'll play it for kids that don't know punk because I work with a lot of guys that are like eighteen to twenty years old, and they'll be like, "So what kind of music are you doing?" I always put on like "Pay to Come," and I'm like, "This <laughs> is." Like, you want to hear a fucking punk song, you know? It's like, yeah. holy fucking shit. Yeah. Because no one is that tight and that but, yeah. but in reality, nobody wants to hear, we got that PMA. We got that attitude. Like, no one <laughs> wants to hear, like, yeah. HR whispers songs into yeah. a microphone. Oh, yeah. I was, like, no, oh, like, yeah. And then you just sit just little, like, down on the stage. Just... Mm, yeah, dude. Yeah. Just weird. Fuck, like, I, I'm not sure if he's an actual psychopath or if he's trying to make art if this is make, the most like, elaborate act and he yeah. can't end it yeah. like I don't know he can't end the joke if it is it's almost it's it's weirdly genius but like it's if it's like, fake it's, I but lo- I'll say like I'm not getting the art or the joke no if, if it's a joke I love him because yeah. he's ripping people off he doesn't know the limits of comedy He's taking it I'll to a you, whole I'll other, tell, you know. I will totally give you that. Someone you told know. me that, someone also told me that they were like, oh, the, well, the reggae songs are still good. And I've seen videos of him doing the reggae songs. They're even fucking worse. Oh, yeah. Because when the, without the loud music, the bad singing is just yeah. even more He's apparent. out to fucking lunch. Because I was watching the documentary, <laughs> Abandoned DC, and I'm like, holy fuck, man. Like, and then he's just, he's going, we just had an excellent time in there. And she said, "What like, did you do?" Yeah, and I'm like, "Dude, you're nuts!" And watching like Daryl Jennifer, he's like, "He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you, motherfucker?" <laughs> like, you know. By the way, though, current ripping bands. Have you guys heard Fireburn? Yes. Oh, no. dude, the the but, singer Fireburn um, is the singer from who did the Rise album, which I think is actually a super underrated Bad Brains album. Yeah. It's a little bit weirder, kind of like more of a hard rock uh-huh. sound, but like. It's, I would say easily, easily it's the last good Bad Brains record. And that's not an argument. <laughs> but, and like, so, but yeah, but like Fireburn is even bet is way better than even Rise is. And it's yeah. like literally you're thinking to yourself like, you let this guy go. <laughs> like, oh yeah. You yeah. fucked up. Like, totally. You made a bad well, when I got Well, I saw him at Punk Rock Bowling because they, yeah. op- they opened for Agnostic Front. Oh, and yeah. they And they were fucking good. It's Todd Youth's new band. Okay. Yeah. It's like an all, that's an all-star lineup. Like, I mean, okay. Todd Youth from like fucking wrote all those ripping Warzone songs. I also heard he wrote a lot of Weird fact, wrote a lot of Victim in Pain too. Oh, yeah. When he was like a teenager, but he basically had to like, his parents like kidnapped him and he had to go back home. So he couldn't be on Victim in Pain, but he actually wrote a lot of that so album. So was he the one they blamed? <laughs> <laughs> but we, I mean, I was I was talking about a little on, on Facebook, but like, like the Blood Clot album was 
fucking fucking awesome. great. It was probably John Joseph's best vocal performance ever. I would say this out to- there too, even better totally. than even better than Age of Coral. Like he claimed that that's well, actually not his best performance, and I could totally buy that. Oh yeah, because he said he was sick. I've heard yeah, yeah. yeah. the cold, and I've heard the mythology, yeah. the whole. But we, I mean, we know who actually. We wrote yeah, it. yeah yeah oh yeah we, we yeah, did write it so yeah, you know yeah. and it's. <laughs> Uh, but blood. We, you're we didn't right. perform it. We wrote it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, blood clot was like because the recording was on point and he was on his shit on that. Yeah, he's, that that's easy. That guy like has his... so much fucking energy. Like I watch him, I'm like, I, dude, I'm half dude, your he's, age. He's and, like, almost fifty seven. Yeah, like he's, I can't do what you do, man. Like, nah, he's he's all. I mean, that's awesome. And also, like I'll say this to the first blood clot record, which has a different biohazard kind of vibe yeah. to it. Also, super great record. Completely different band. Yeah, just John Joseph. But, like, still, even that record is, like, oh, really yeah. underrated. And his vocals on that record are fucking great, too. I wish so. I wish this last blood clot formation would go on, but... Oh, yeah. Me I don't. Too. I mean, I don't really understand why it didn't. I had a ru- I heard a rumor that it was about money. I don't think it was. Yeah. I think John Joseph literally... I think he, he likes to do way too much other stuff. Because yeah. he's doing... I mean, he's, he just finished up a documentary yeah. about, like, turning some uh, ex-cons vegetarian for mm-hmm. 30 days. And he's doing so much Iron Man shit, and I Todd Youth wants to tour again, and that's what he's yeah. doing with Fire. Well, I think a lot of us. I mean, like I love the Chromics, my favorite band, but like we've seen you're like well, the you're same. You're welcome, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I know. I mean, Justice. I know, I know, but we've seen them play the album you guys wrote allegedly. Um, yeah, yeah. A million, well, I, I, this alleged stuff. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. come on, it's a fact is fact. But we, yeah, we've yeah. seen them play like the Age of Coral set like a lot at this point, and. It would, I would kind of be nice to see Blood Cop. I would love to see Blood Cop play and then do some chromatic songs. Yes. 100%. I think that would be like, yeah. I think that's kind of what I want. And also, like, delve more into the chromags catalog because, like, I obviously, I really like Best Wishes a lot as well. And I you will, wrote some of those songs and then I'll, yeah, well, you I will, do one song off Best Wishes. Yeah. And, and I will say, like, I don't, I do not like the Crush the Demon- Demonicon yeah. song. Like, a lot of people dig that song. I, it's so good. I do not it's like, so fucking good. I hate the fucking Are formation. You're Alpha Omega guy. Alpha Omega's great too. I'm a, I'm yeah. a, I'll fight, I like literally, like, I am like a Chromag's, like, diehard fan yeah, yeah. who legitimately likes every They can't album. do anything wrong. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that there's, I think there's, um, I mean, like, I was able to go in order. This is the order I would go into. It would be like, I mean, you have to say, like, Age of Coral is still the best. Best Wishes, Best Wishes is probably second, um, with Alpha Omega being third, and Near Death Experience being fourth, and Revenge being, like, the worst, which is pretty much every album is <laughs> so worse I've than last one. So I've never heard Revenge. I've actually I never have either. I've heard it's actually okay. Revenge is actually okay. Like, for, I'm never, I haven't been super into Harley's, like, Harley's War or Harley's music beyond that, but Revenge is pretty good. It's like, there's, like, some punk songs, kind of, like, melodic, almost, like, melodic hardcore, almost, like, verge of pop punk, but also that, the very first on that album, Premeditated, yeah. is such a fucking ripper. Like, literally, it's, like, a great, just, like, moshy, yeah. like, song that, like, you can't, um, that's, it's, like, hard to fuck with. Like, it literally is easily probably a top ten Chromag song oh. off that album. But there's a lot of, like, but that album has songs I'd say that are, are not very good on it. Yeah. But there's a lot of really good songs on it, too. Um, it's also a weird album cover because it has, like, Rocky George from Suicidal, like, um, played guitar on it. Okay. But for some reason on the album cover, they only put like um, like Paris and Harley yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. And okay, you're just like, yes. you're like, dude, you have a dude from Suicidal in your band. Yeah, and Rocky George like, fucking rips. And you're yeah. like, gonna like not credit him. He's like sold Wayne Realms on you guys. Yeah, but listen, yeah. Makes sense. look like, who you're dealing with. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's the thing too, is that like, yeah, no, yeah. 
I mean, I, 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 I love I, Rocky George's side I would projects love... with Hanneman. Oh, pap smear. Oh, yeah. They're so good. I would love to see a, a Cro-Mags, like, OG, like, lineup reunion. I think that would be great. At the same time, though, totally You mean with John, John Joseph. Joseph and the Nomags? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I've never seen two men fight amongst each other. Like, I, I mean, yeah, oh I'm not God. sure if I want to see that. Like, I'm... I'm fine with seeing John Joseph's totally. version because I loved yeah. it. it. I would like to see them record it again. Like I think that would be the better thing. I would like to see that like the lineup come together and see what they. And we need a Metallica some, some kind of monster documentary. Oh, dude, that it would be, be even God. funnier. Best. It would be Metallica with just dirtbag New York accents. It would be so awesome yeah, if they can do a documentary. You of them stupid tra- motherfucker! With legit, with yeah. legit fist fights in it. Oh yeah, yeah, like with yeah. legit fights, maybe stabbings. Yeah, 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 exactly, like, Charlie. Yeah, he has that bullshit on him. Yeah, he's gonna fucking. Yes. Did like, you yeah. did you read the interview that Perry Paris did for for uh, Noisy? Yes, I think I read that. And one. like he said, like, I mean, I probably read every. He said, he said John it. Joseph wanted to have like Krishna chanting in one of the breakdowns. Yeah. And Paris was like, I cut that shit off right away. And <laughs> yeah. I and like I just laughed and I was like, that sounds so true and hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said, like, I got this fucking idea, guys. We're right, you know, we're gonna do this. Yeah. It's like hama hama harma harma. Oh, Hari Rama. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think I think like that Age of is probably like a, sometimes it's like good to to have a band where people tell you your ideas are bad. Like, I feel like that's important. Sometimes uh-huh. it's overlooked. Because I have bad ideas, and I think sometimes it's good to have people say, like, that's a bad idea. Yeah, so and don't like, do that, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly. lame. I feel like it, you don't want to be in a band with Yes Man. It causes drama, I know for sure, but, like, it's not good to be in a band where everyone tells you every idea is good. Yeah. Yeah, because cause you'll find out that someone lied, and then they... They'll probably never want to play that song live, and you're like, "What are you talking? You told me it was good." Yeah, and then it would just be a snowball effect. Yeah, your band's a cult of personality around you. It's <laughs> great, excellent, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, all right, let's wrap it up. Um, we're gonna play Petite and Empire Justice, and let's do it. that'll be the end of the episode. So we're going home. Um, Josh, thanks. Thanks, we can probably man. have you on again, and we'll probably talk about totally different shit for oh, another totally. I would another love to come two back. and a half hours. Oh, dude, we I, we could keep going all night. It's gonna be a multiple, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, multiple part episodes. But it was good yeah. having you later.